Opposite of low latency. High latency, bro. <laughs> Let's reveal that I'm a pothead today. I don't think today's going to be the day to do that, but I guess you just did it too. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're both going <laughs> to piss everybody off. I think that, I think when I saw my, uh, there was a few people over the last couple of years that I've seen just light up a dube that I'm like it, I, it doesn't matter anymore these are people that have ne- never would have in front of people it's not a thing can be called today a fantasy of the future but one day maybe not too far distant audiences will be able to look I think, I, I think this beginning needs a new I think we're ready to change it what do you think Andy ready to change it probably time for a new one yeah. Yeah, that should be Andy's commercial voice <laughs> Are we Listen to this show. Have your mind melt, motherfucker. I do love that part, though. We've been hit. I do love that part. I will miss it. That's what a pile of joints says. We've been hit. <laughs> pile of roaches. <laughs> We've been hit. That's a pretty good joke. Maybe we should just do jokes all night. I do have some jokes here. You said the to bring the bring some jokes. I was I was looking up, I was looking up the twenty five number one jokes in the world the other day, and they're not good. It's not good jokes. You know, I just uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit disheartened by the uh, ability for the internet to to make me laugh, make me laugh. That was me. It is what it is. Jared Neiman and uh, Andy Ledford. What? <laughs> the three skins. <laughs> the three skins. So I was supposed to be home this week, but uh, and we, I was going to have my dad on, my brother. It was going to be a, a oh, cool man. thing. Yeah, that'll it was going to be, be, be cool. My mom got Lyme's disease. Oh, shit. Right? So she got the whole uh, the whole tick. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I've had, I've had Lyme's, Lyme disease. So now let me ask you a question on that. It, it 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 could flare up at any time. Well, when I had it, I was going overseas uh, to play for our troops. So I a lot of times one of the signs is you get like a bullseye a, a, on your waistband. You know? Yeah. Well, I actually got stung on. I mean, I had a tick on my waist. So I was kind of like, is that Lyme disease or is it just a tick scar or whatever? Some of those tick bites are there forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like. So I had to go to the doctor to get all all these shots. Before they let you go over there because of malaria or whatever, you know, all kinds of shit. So they had a, I told the doctor they had tested me and stuff. And he said, well, this is perfect because he said a lot of people don't know until you can go to their brain, do all this stuff. They just had, like yeah. Chris Christopherson thought he, they thought he was, I don't know if they thought he had dementia or what, but uh, he, they thought he was going to die and he ended up having Lyme disease. And there are some different forms, you know, like a, a guy at Sony, Probably wouldn't like me to say his name, but 
He uh, he had it real. I mean, man, it was rough. He couldn't drink beer, eat meat, red meat ever again, kind of thing. Ever again? Ever. And I did so, not realize it was that, yeah, that so bad. By chance, I got caught right off the bat, and I was just, I didn't have any symptoms other than that because I had to take those shots anyway. Right. And uh, so, but it wasn't was anything for me because I didn't. Ha- I luckily, and I, I would have never went to the doctor for that. So I probably would have ended up in bad shape. So wait, what well, you know? The, so again, I'm I'm asking though, is it did they tell you that this is something that could come back? He said if I took three weeks of that medication i wish i remember it was but uh he said if you take three weeks of it it'll dwarf it enough you'll never have to look over your shoulder he said just go and take three weeks of it no kidding yeah so that's where she's at so she caught it early i guess how's she feeling well i mean you know just like she got the flu whatever the case is but you know my my i think it was just an excuse for them to tell us not to come up there (laughs) you know know what i'm saying well here's the crazy part so inside this house which i've lived here 17 years in the and yesterday there was two ticks inside the house. We found two ticks, one by the door and one by the sink. I, I've never seen that before. So, I, I I don't know. Which is crazy because West Virginia is so beautiful with all those trees and stuff. I mean, you, oh, think, be, you think ticks would be everywhere. Well, they, I mean. Even inside, obviously. Well, I'm right. And, and my thing with her is like, you know, when we were kids, the dogs would get the big ones. Those ones that would blow up with blood and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's because they were there forever and they just kept getting fatter. But I don't think that's the one that causes Lyme's disease, right? The, it's, the, it's those bastards oh, that are small. The deer ticks. I deer don't, tick. I don't yeah. know, but I, I, yeah, I do think, because we had we had a Cocker Spaniel that stayed outside a lot, and and he got he had a bunch of those giant ticks on him, and he had a bunch of little ones that were, had reproduced. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't really studied a whole lot of ticks, but I like the Brad Paisley song. <laughs> it's a great song, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Well, I mean, I, I just... I'm a little, ner- we are a little nervous about the two ticks around here, but I tell you what I did do. I got one of those, those, uh, you know, creme brulee lighters, the torches, and you just nap them with that and they explode and blow up and move. You know, they, they go someplace else. And it's then, the most fun thing I've ever done. And then your neighbor's blood splats on your hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's the grossest thing is just think who else have they been, you know, who have they been on? on, who they've been feeding on. I'm telling you. Well, God, you had a, I mean, I don't know if you can talk about it, but you kind of had a spill this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so I've always thought, when am I going to finally fall off stage or <laughs> fall down? I mean, I've been so, and I, I look everywhere I go because, you know, you see those videos like when Luke Bryan fell, Steven Tyler, oh my God, knocked his teeth out. Oh yeah. I just What? Years ago. There's a yeah. horrible picture and I, I bet it hurt. I mean, I felt bad for him, but, and I, of course felt bad for Luke and I know Luke got hurt and he just sucked it up. He said he was in some serious pain and he just just sucked it up after he got his breath back knocked the wind out of him but we were in detroit and it was uh trent tomlinson and love and theft and myself and uh the bar owner just because of the you know COVID COVID. restrictions he built a really nice i mean went all out to build this really nice tent outside his bar and so there wasn't a whole lot of room for a stage so he compromised just so he could get as many tables in there and stuff and uh we played the show and it was so much fun the crowd was just a blast Guys were awesome, and so we just got done. Just one of those things where we bros, we go, hug it out. <laughs> and when we went to go hug, we both just kind of took a step, not realizing the end of the stage was there. And we it was in sl- one of the slow motion falls where you both are just trying to get your weight back to the other side. And I, I went out weighing by probably 100 pounds, so <laughs> I just tried to get under him. And I know he's probably trying to do the same thing, help me up, but we just fell, and my head just slammed in the concrete. Oh, my God. And uh, my knuckles and landed on a bunch of equipment and then we just kind of rolled off to backstage where no <laughs> what is your first what is your first thought is it is it 
embarrassment or is it I, I just need to get the hell out of here? Mine was, uh, you know, it's definitely embarrassing just because that's the last thing they saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah. We had such so much fun, but that crowd was really worried, and they all kind of tried to come help us, but security was like, oh, we got it, we got it. And I, I didn't really, it just happened so fast. We just all kind of piled in the vehicle and rolled out. And it wasn't until we got back to where we were staying and a bunch of people were kind of hanging out there and some people looked at me like I it was extremely jacked up. <laughs> and then uh, you had to, how was the next night though? You had another night. Well, I just, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm kind of old school in the way that, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I of course I feel pain, but it's just like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> like for instance, I'll eat Carolina Reaper peppers. Stuff, yeah. just, I want to do st- stuff that just, you know, you're not supposed to. Obviously, falling off the stage isn't on the list, but <laughs> but I'm just saying it didn't. I didn't really have such a thick head, you know. I mean, I, my head went through a windshield when I first moved to Nashville. I was bartending at Chili's, and we I went out on New Year's Eve with a buddy. We just we were kind of like just not meant to be friends. I mean, because we had so much fun together. Yeah. Just, we didn't say, "Hey, I dare you to do this." We just wanted to show it off in front of each other. So we were out of control, and and uh, we were on the road driving and this this drunk guy it was also snowing out he swerved into us and hit his head on going down gallatin Holy road God. i think we each were going about 45 and like an idiot i mean i'd always i mean i usually wear my seatbelt, but oh no i i guess i didn't have it on but my head went through the windshield and my arm I, it cracked all these ribs and these ribs oh in the back my god and the only thing that happened to me is i just had this little little cut little cut on my eyebrow and no concussion then either I don't. I, you got to go to the doctor. You might be. Right. You got to go to the doctor to find that out. <laughs> but it, anyway, it's just uh, so Stephen had you know told me he he saw a little bruise on his back, but I I didn't. You know, it's kind of like when you got the adrenaline because we had a show the sure. next night, so it didn't really hurt. I mean, that bad. And then when I got home, my neck started you know tightening yeah. up in your back and stuff. So I couldn't tell if I was just worn out from staying up having a good time. I feel guys. I feel a lawsuit coming on. I feel we got that's, that's what Lance Miller said. Lawsuit, I'm like, man. I had it. There was these guys that were uh, nice enough to come do some stuff at my house that I clearly cannot do, at least the first time. And when I was out of town, one of these guys went to go pick up this cat that was staying with us. And this cat, I told him not to touch the cat because he bites everybody. It's like, why even have an animal just bite you? So I hear, oh, Dave or Dave or what? You know, picked up the cat. And bit him, and now he has like the cat scratch fever that you know. And I thought oh, he's gonna sue. This guy's gonna sue me because he picked up the cat. I told him not to. And luckily, you know, we'd hung out, you know, for several months while they're working on these projects. Yeah. And uh, his boss kind of he said that he kind of mentioned that, and he kind of talked him down. But it can just happen just like that. So I would never do that. Somebody obviously is my fault for stepping off the stage like a dork ball. Yeah, but I mean, the stage is also was only about five foot wide. Yeah, it was it definitely. I mean, that zone. makes that I that is the worst. You know, we've been in situations where we, you know, you're trying to take seven people and stick you on a on a five foot wide stage. I mean, it's just like you don't even want to play. What, what about the times when you actually have to play on the ground? So like <laughs> anybody taller than you in the crowd, just in front of everybody else, no kids. It's like I mean, can we just get like a stool, you know, something to stand on? Apple box or whatever. <laughs> But, but it was a that is awful yeah but it's I either got, too got, small or it's a truck bed yeah, oh that's, man that's exactly right <laughs> i got you know obviously got very lucky for, i could have been hurt much worse and uh so i'm grateful for that and it's healed i mean for four or five days i can't believe my whole head's already healed up biggest stage i ever saw baton rouge louisiana we we're playing at the tiger stadium at a festival and usually you know you can see you've been to those stages where 
there you can literally walk a whole song nearly to get to the other side like if you're on tour with a you know big artist yep. this stage was more like if they had the stage for the band and then the crowd had us i mean it was just the biggest damn stage i didn't know where to go <laughs> it was just like <laughs> it was enormous and that's sometimes that could be just as bad as the smallest stage in the world oh yeah you know what i mean because you feel like you need to to take some of the, take some of it up you know you have to get around on it and you get to everybody that you can see and whatever and then you're like this is just awful have you ever fallen down no not stage? not falling down but i i was on a stage so big that i i kind of took off further than the band and and then the the latency I was singing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> been in that position before. Doesn't matter how good your timing is at that point. <laughs> no, it does not. No, like, we telling you, man, you got to wear your in ears. <laughs> yeah, those those are a must. I quit wearing in ears a couple of years ago just because I missed. You know, I I started out in the bars playing honky tonks, yeah, oh, and I, yeah. I love that stuff. You know, still love it. And uh, the in ears, even if you, you know, for everybody out there, what we're talking about is they look like headphones. If you ever been to a concert. It just looks like someone's wearing headphones, and it's really just literally like listening to headphones, but it's the live music you're playing, and it, it it's really nice for isolation so the sound guy can do this and do that. But the I could never even – so they'll have these ones that have little holes in them that are supposed to allow you to be able to hear a little bit. I still couldn't. So they put these what they're called shotgun mics out that they try to get crowd noise, but really you're only picking up the people right in front. Right. That are like 15 <laughs> to 20 people. Yeah. And so you either – you know, you have it, one girl saying, oh, I'd – do this or I do that, or you have a guy be like, that dude's a you know, piece of shit or whatever. <laughs> I mean, so you're like, God. Uh, so it's lottery, what you're going to get. But first time I basically about fell on stage was, you know, when you come to Nashville, you're trying to get a record deal, and you do a showcase where, you know, it's 5 o'clock p.m. So it's, it's not even realistic. It's like, okay, let's get everybody who just came off work at record labels to come see you. When they're just ready to go home, right? And then all your friends, oh my god, all your friends are supposed to come and support you, but they're they're talking to the record labels the whole time. They're not paying attention. So I remember uh, they're like, "Don't drink on stage." Those record labels don't want you know they don't want to see you drink on stage. I was like, so I brought a stage a shot on stage. I was like, so I set it down about three songs in because you only get to play five songs. I slipped on a I slipped on the shot glass and went down to my knee. I so I didn't fall the way, but I was like, damn it. All these labels just saw me like slip on something. <laughs> so after the show, I was like, whose shot glass was that? They're like, yours. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> Should have taken some advice. <laughs> I mean, the, the did you ever get anywhere with the showcases? I mean, did they ever pan out any of the showcases? No. Like, no. God, they were awful. See, Jamie Johnson was brilliant because when, when Sony, or I guess it was RCA at the time, they wanted him to go play. So he was going to do it at the stage, which I thought was a unique choice because it's so hard to park downtown and all that. But then... It got word got around town about how good he was, so he got everybody so riled up because he's so talented that Sony paid him not to do a oh, showcase. Nice, they didn't have to do it. I said that's the way to go if you can. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think uh, one record label that that I talked to at one point in time finally told me the truth, which was basically uh, you. Too many people know about you, <laughs> like you've you've basically hoard yourself around town so much that everybody just thinks of you like this. And so all the playing that I, you know, cause nobody has made it from downtown, you know, right. You, you realize that like everybody thinks that this, Na- you know, Nashville people come downtown, they've, but nobody's made it from downtown. And it's yeah. sad because there's so much great mu- music down there and, gr- you know, great artists, great musicians, all the above. And the only time, like when I played downtown, the only time I would see like a, a record label head come in is when they're shit faced. 
and yeah, they, can't exactly even, right. they can't even see. Yeah. And you're like, oh, here's my chance. And, and they're just <laughs> more like got their ears plugged trying to hear what their friends saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, years of that shit. Years yeah. of people would, would be like, where are you playing? And then you say, be like the stage or the tin roof or whatever the case is. And they'd come in and to be exactly that. They'd watch you play a couple of cover songs and then they'd leave. And, you'd, and then you'd have to spend the next three hours playing, wondering yeah. what the hell they thought. Yeah, the one thing, though, like, a lot of guys like me, though, players, you know, yeah. there's a lot of opportunity, though. Guys get picked up on you know, oh, players all the time. Yeah, but uh, you don't see a guy down there that does no, this never Saturday once. night stage shift get famous. Cole Swindell might have been the closest and only one, and he still didn't even play that much downtown. Yeah, he had, ended up, had to be a merch guy for Luke. Luke, that's how, that's how he ended up doing his yeah. thing. He played yeah. some jobs downtown. And the other thing about it is, uh, too, I mean, I told you, I've told both of you guys, you know, they used to call me the Petri dish for bands. I mean, he, David Nail and all those guys would come to the tin roof or mm-hmm. to the stage and just pick off my guys, you know, and eventually it just got to the point where I ended up having to get a whole nother band, you know. Dude, I have so much faith in the guys that play downtown that pretty much all uh, all the guys in my band all come from Broadway and Nashville because I held I held auditions one time. And it was so excruciating for me because I couldn't imagine someone showing up. And, you know, they practice at home, they can nail it and stuff. And they get there and you're, you know, asking them, trying to make them feel good. Like, where are you from and stuff? And they're thinking, I'm getting interrogated. And you could just tell they're nervous. And I thought, man, that sucks. So I just now, because also it's about the hang. Because, you know, you're, yeah. you're on stage for yeah. 90 minutes to two hours on the road. Then t- for the next 22 hours, you're together. Mm-hmm. So it's like you want people that get along and are yeah. cool. So I always just ask the guys in our band, who do you like playing with downtown? And I just hire them sight unseen or sound unseen because I trust, yeah. trust it, you know. Those guys, those auditions, especially the, the cattle call kind of things, um, I did one for Jake Owen. Uh, and it's intimidating, man. They had cameras on me. They had the whole, they rented out a, a whole studio, the whole thing. And then you can tell because the, the band is there all day cycling through these guys. They didn't want to fucking be there. Yeah, They were all, they were burnt. They could care less who was walking in the door. And it's three songs, playing the tracks. There's a click. The whole video cameras on. It was intimidating, man. It's like, and they each probably had a friend that they wanted to have the oh, job. Oh, exactly. Oh, they, already, yeah. they already knew who was gonna yeah, so get the gig. I they just have too much respect to put people through that. But I mean, you obviously could sit there and sift through days and days and be like, I just if something works, I roll with it. Just like for, like the house I live in. I looked at one house. I was like, cool. <laughs> I just like, you know, I was like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I just need a place to sleep. Yeah, just invite some people over. Who, who's all in your band? You got Larry Kraft, right? And yeah, Larry's in there. Do you, have you ever played uh, with with um, Zach Stewart? No. So this is what's great. Zach is a fourth degree black belt, not like one of those fake ones. I didn't realize there were fake black belts until he pointed out. Like we went to this this uh, place on the road, and uh, he goes, "Dude, they're doing like a karate demonstration, trying to get more people to sign up." So it was like all these six instructors have black belts on, and they all work extremely out of shape and it was extremely humorous to him in my mind if i hadn't walked up with him i'd be like oh all those people can kick my ass but he went overseas to asia and i think we actually went to japan and studied under like these masters and anyway so it's a true fourth degree black belt has his own karate studio here in nashville and just loves it you know so he's uh i mean he's he's an awesome dude he's our band leader and uh in fact Maybe we should uh, all three take them on. <laughs> <laughs> you, that that just took me off the guard there. I, I, it took me a minute to register what you were just talking about. Take him on. We'll take him on. I've never been hit, uh, or have I ever hit anybody? Uh, I, and, and at this point in my life, I'm over it. I and mean, unless I can yeah, just, I hear you. 
Unless I just got to do it, uh, you know. I took karate as a kid and then wrestled my whole life, and I never in my life has started a fight, but I never backed down from one. Yeah. Which I, so what I'm saying is I agree with you 100%. Obviously, I regret all those moments of not walking away, but also, you know, a lot of it isn't just like you're at a bar and a guy bumps your shoulder. I mean, this is like in school, kids are messing with you. You know, the same guy, the guy that's been held back for two, you know, two years. So he hit puberty in eighth grade. <laughs> of, course he, of course, he can beat up everybody. But I would just, you know, eventually have enough. And and uh, when is it okay to for, you know, I guess my thing is, if somebody's bothering you, especially you know, how, if you as a parent telling your kids, uh, you know, if your if your child, because a lot of times they won't tell you. Right, I mean that's the big thing. Kids won't tell their parents. Right, I never told my parents one time. Right, and 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 so th- that that's a problem I think by itself because things get a little too far. And I mean, the problem is, you know, yeah, kids get bullied all the time. But then there's these instances <laughs> because the relationship between the kid and the parent, the kid don't want to get everybody in trouble or whatever the case is. But then they end up just shooting people or people get killed or whatever the uh, whatever. And that's where I think that the bullying. You know, I, I, there was a few times that I got bullied far enough to what I was, I was like, I, you know, I, I, one time I took a pen knife to school and this big guy that was in locker next to me wouldn't leave me alone. Okay. I mean, he just wouldn't. And I still, to this day, I don't know why. Talk myself out of every fight, you know, whatever the case is, this guy would not leave me alone. And so one day I, I he, you know, the day was ending or whatever the case is. He, he opened up the locker and he was getting ready to say something. And I took that pen knife out and I said, I'm going to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to poke this thing into you as many times as I possibly can before somebody takes me off of you. If you don't leave me alone. Right. And then, and then we became friends. See, that's how, you know, it used to be obviously weirdest thing. those kids are probably getting the same treatment at home. So that's just how they're acting to other kids, which is sad, of course. And it uh, creates a lot of, a lot of people in our society that end up going to jail and it obviously it all starts there but i've seen there's actually his name was chris i, I, I won't you know probably say his last name but he was one of these kids that got picked on all the time and i felt bad for him and one day he got picked on and he beat the hell out of the guy picking on him so you don't ever know who you're messing with so many people have so much anger built up natural strength yeah and just they're just ready to go they they're you know and, and uh they don't take but that's not even that that goes along the whole thing the the road rage issue that's happened over the last couple of years how many people have gotten shot or or killed uh or you know where people follow them home that type of situation you don't know who that's the problem especially i think today fighting is not even really a part of it anymore we're going to i'm going to kill you you know yeah cuz like what you said is back in the day and i'm not saying this is clearly a solution but it did work um, you know, you, you don't you get into it with somebody, you don't like each other, and you you know, obviously that person thinks they can beat you up and you think they probably can too, but then you end up fighting and they respect you and yeah, and you end up being friends, you know. And uh it is it's it's weird. You know, mm, it's a lot a, of times somebody that's a bully is gonna be feeding off your weakness. And if you're showing them that, that you're gonna allow them to treat you that way, they'll keep doing it until you check them and you say, Hey, I'm not you know, I'm not who you think I am, you know, and then then usually yeah. they'll back off and they'll move on to somebody else. That's you know? exactly right. And Chris, also, you know, one thing I didn't realize, because I remember somebody had posted something about bullying. This has been years now, uh, kind of a few years after social media started. Someone was posting about bullying and bullying. And I just thought of all the times I got bullied, too. I mean, everybody has been bullied. There's obviously some that are unfortunately bullied by everybody. 
and yeah. uh, for the most part. But I just said, man, teach your kids how to defend themselves. I mean, you know, kind of I had that, that mentality, and I still think obviously you should do that. But they said, yeah, but you don't realize back in the day you could just get out of school, go home, and the bullying was over till the next morning. Now they go home and it's just bully, bully, bully on oh, yeah, social media nonstop. And so, uh, so th- which is horrible. So, but, but what it does is it allows these kids that can bully 24 hours a day to end up in that road rage where they don't have to ever deal with their actions, any consequences. So they honk horns and, you know, flip people off. And then some people just aren't going to take their shit. And that's what they end up going, following them home and shooting them. Or So it's like, that's what's weird. Another thing about social media is it's, Allowed everybody to think they can do whatever they want because they can always talk crap anytime they want. But then they get in real life situation. And then they don't. Like yeah. when you're a kid and you run your mouth and you get punched in the face, you're like, wow, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to ever do that again. See, but, I mean, I think that, I mean, Jim's right too. I, I have been hit twice by girls, right? And it hurt both times. So I was, <laughs> I was, I was just like, I'm not, I don't want to get hit by a guy, especially, you know, because it seemed I was able to really be friends with, pretty much everybody, which, you know, sometimes it was a good thing. Sometimes, you know, it was a not the greatest thing because you kind of got messed up with the wrong people thinking that I could be cool with everybody, you know, whatever, whatever. And, but it just seemed like the biggest guys, you know, that had the dad problems, you know, the, the dad was beating them and you find out this stuff later, whatever. And so, you know, defending yourself is one thing, but learning how to, let things go a little bit and just not pay attention to stuff. And, and, and instead of, you know, doing the same thing every day, because that's a, that's a big problem too. And the social media thing's even worse, which, you know, adults have this problem with social media, uh, you know, getting into arguments with people online, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 there is a, there is a problem some kid that can't take care of themselves. I mean, obviously in high school or middle school, you probably the same size. So, I mean, I'm even if you got bullied, you know, you know what I mean? So the, the small kids or whatever the case is that people have a tendency to go to to pick on, they need to feel comfortable saying something and, and then trying to work out the situation because obviously they're not going to – it's not Karate Kid, right? Right. Not everybody's going to be – have a Mr. Miyagi to, to go and kill everybody down the road. Point being is that the social media aspect of it, some people shouldn't be on social media – and and those kids that get bullied easily might be part of that equation, you know, that shouldn't be on social media because if you can't, if you're having a hard time in regular society, that's no better. Yeah, and what mm. I mean, and that's what's sad is, you know, it's fun to get on there and see what your friends are doing and stuff, so it's not fair for them not to be able to be on it. But, you know, I mean, that unfortunately definitely would be an alternative. I, it just, to me, you know, I, I just remember, because that's the thing is I, I don't know anybody else's path clearly but your own. So living in a small town and then living in a big city, you know, you're the product of where you're from, good or bad or indifferent. So, in our, you know, these small towns, at least in ours, if there was an issue, you, you know, did the old primitive way and just fought. And, well, and there, that was kind of healthy. And there was almost a little bit of like uh, respect and honor in that, too. You fight it out. You get it done. You get your clout. It's over with. Now these kids are going home. And dealing with cyberbullying yeah, nonstop, nonstop, 24 hours a day. And you can look up teen suicide, especially with females, skyrockets right around 2010, 2011. Instagram started getting popular. You get, There's a direct correlation with teen suicide and social media. Social I media. believe it. Well, you know, well, here, another thing is everybody's getting you know kicked off social media for politics. 
they should be going through and having algorithms that pick up these kids that are just annihilating other kids. You know, I mean, I know it doesn't fit. It's it's not cool enough to make a big deal about it because it won't be on national television. But it's like if kids, if, if they see see someone that's a perpetual bully or online, they should just kick them off. I know they could just sign up as something else, but, you know, whoa, I just got blocked by Twitter at 13 for being you know. <laughs> being a, uh, an asshole. Yeah. Essentially. A, lower, I mean, a lowercase dick. But <laughs> <laughs> My thing is, we, we have a society of adults who are not able to be on social media either, I guess is my point. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a whole, there are numerous adults that have children that can't be or shouldn't be on social media either because they, number one, they, you know, how many people have a voice now and, and to say things that they wouldn't say in front of somebody? Everyone. Right. <laughs> but I'm, you know what I mean? There are just, but there are some cases where it's like, I'm going to, say all this stuff that if I was in a room of people, pe- they would be looking at me funny. But on here, other people that agree with me will start to come to with me and then we'll just start this crusade and we'll just, I'll say all this stuff that I wouldn't, nobody would ever listen to in a, in a, in a, in a, a situation if I was standing face to face. The bullying's the same thing. Point being is that you have parents that can't even really, that don't even know how to talk to their kids about social media. Right, they're they're also trying to understand it and deal with it and work with it, you know, the marketing and all the things that adults do uh, to try to use social media to talk to people in general, you know, they don't know what they don't know how to use this thing, and then you got kids on TikTok and Instagram and stuff that have got millions of people looking at them, and they're you know the five year old kid that opens gifts or opens toys, and he's a millionaire because he just got on YouTube and started opening toys and. And a kid started gravitating to him to to see how these what these toys what, what, what toy review I guess it is, and so this wow. kid's seven eight years old. I, I mean, how's a parent? You know how do, how do you talk to your how do you talk to a seven year old who just became a millionaire opening toys? I mean, this is a hell of a world. It's a hell of a thing. You talk to him kindly. I mean, <laughs> you say, "Can I get a can I can I get a new car, son?" <laughs> I mean, truthfully. That's that is that's exactly right. And there's a lot of kids. I mean, it is it is a it, it's it's such a rabbit hole when you watch, you know, 15-year-olds that are making millions of dollars on TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that. The the girl the highest paid uh, Instagram or or TikTok girls are those Charlie and and Adeline or whatever, they're dancers and and they make 5-6 million dollars a year off of TikTok. Wow. <laughs> I got to say I keep can't quit thinking about those. That boy is it a boy or a girl? The, the toy it's a boy. Over? The uh, toy. The toy review. I mean, what a brilliant little kid! Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, he's got his own line of toys. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, he needs. I mean, he's going to. I'm sure do very well in life. I mean, to have that kind of business mind at that age. I, I'm just saying, like, it goes on both sides: the bullying and then the good side of it. The case, I guess, you know, the the. The, the the thing about kids talking to their parents, if they're getting bullied, for instance, and then kids' ability to understand social media, parents already have a hard time trying to get their kid to talk to them. And then you throw in the social media aspect, which parents are, are having, they have a hard time in general just wrapping their mind around the abilities that you have in, in Facebook, for instance. I mean, it is amazing the tools that are on Facebook to make money, to talk to people, to, I mean, you know, and 
It's it's just insane the ability that you have. Yeah, and it, and it just keeps growing. I remember every day, and it sucks like falling behind on technology. I remember when the very first All Madden came out when I was a kid, and I got so obsessed with playing that damn game that I'd be at school and just pretend I was sick so I could go home and play it. <laughs> and then I remember my dad came yeah. in. I'm like, Dad, play me in All Madden. And of course he didn't know what to do, so I just annihilate him. I'm like, I'm thinking, how can you not play this? You're like a grown person. And it's because it's not the same technology you were. I mean, obviously he's played it all day. I'm sure he figured out, but he had better things to do, like raise a family That's right. and provide for him. But, <laughs> but like, so today, you know, this day and age, if you just don't even mess, you could go a month without getting on there. And they're all compete. These tech companies are always competing with each other. So they're coming up with these new angles and ideas, like you said, you know, for monetary reasons, for social reasons. And uh, it's unbelievable just how quick you can get left behind if you're not paying attention for, uh, on that aspect. Or it's 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 one more level of, you, you know how you felt, or how you how you feel in general, especially when you're in an industry like the music industry, for instance, and you look and you think that people are doing better than you, you know, or they're doing more, and you're not doing enough. If you didn't work today or make a song or write something or whatever the case is, and 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 it's it's just it's just amplified because every day you can get on YouTube and see people that a million people doing exactly what you're doing. You know how many people are driving fake trucks? I mean, have you ever seen this shit? I mean, uh -uh. What, oh yeah, you you can get on right now. Watch people that are making money playing fake guitar, driving fake trucks, playing wait, Fortnite. What? I mean, they're like sitting there driving like an no, imaginary truck, I or like a I, fake truck. There's a guy on Facebook that I follow, and I actually I actually watch him maybe a couple times a week. I'm enamored with that for some reason. The the whole. Uh, the semi truck driving that guy <laughs> is he in his living room faking or what? what okay, is it? the dude's got a screen in front of him. The whole deal. He's got a gear shifter, gas pedal. He's got a steering wheel. The whole deal. He's shifting gears, and it's like a it's a it's a simulator. It's a, can you find him? Uh, can, you, can you show him? Probably. Would it be too hard? No, if, if, if it is, it's it, it's fine. Uh, it, it's it's basically a guy just sits there. Yeah, like Andy's saying, it's he's got the whole cockpit of a truck, and he's just driving, talking to people, like, and and he's driving like. So if it's it, this, there's no game. You're literally just driving a semi truck. So the, I guess they could be delivering something, but you, if you have to go from Nashville to, to San Diego, <clears throat> it's three days. So, which means you have to stop at some point, record your miles, sleep. You can't drive past a certain amount of hours. Just like in a real truck driver, you get up the next day and start the process to keep going to San Diego. So he does the whole trip. Does the whole trip? It's insane, and he, and he's talking to everybody. He's got you know, uh, it's it's just absolutely unbelievable. So we're getting closer and closer to literally not leaving your house. I mean, you you're, you'll be able to live in a simulated. That's like we talked about. We're probably doing that right now. We're probably in some pod somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's probably in our hundred years on Earth. You know, you probably wake up. It's three minutes. What if, what if, I mean, what if that is the case? You know, what if that, what in the hell if that is the case? So what? Well, because you think about like nature is so vicious in life that death really just, it's such a boom, gone. And then everybody mourns. And then obviously the close people never forget and, and more, but it's like here today, gone today. I remember Chris Rock said that in one of his standups here today, gone today. He's so funny. But, it, but, <laughs> but it's so, but it's so weird. I mean, it's just like, I just feel like death is so easily it just kind of, it just comes out of nowhere. I mean, just like that, or I don't know. It's just it's weird to me. It's 
I just feel like it means nothing. I was like, you know, you see, you walk on, you step on a spider on accident, walking through the room, right. you don't even know. I mean, well, not only that, but let's just say that you do die, and there was God, and and you and you go, and there's Saint Peter, and you walk up. To, my thing is still gets to the point where, who cares? Like at the end of the day, how how do you, right? Like who 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 cares? Whether if if it continues, if it doesn't continue, how do you feel? How do you feel anything about anything? Nihilist. Well, I guess if you die and you're headed to hell, you probably care real quick. Right, but even <laughs> but even even that's getting debunked to people. Like even even people in the pulpit or you know preachers are saying that hell is just. You know, the whole idea behind Gehenna and the whole idea behind, uh, you know, God coming back and, and was just that people died and they just died. They didn't go on. They, they were gone. You know, this whole idea about a pit of fire and people living in and with the demons and all, it's not, that's not true. Well, I mean, that, that's now that's just you can take it for the interpretation. But well, sure. And I think that's a, a big deal of it. Um, I think it's one of those things where they don't want people to take their chances. You know, it's like, oh, let's just do the right thing. But man, because none of us really know. I mean, think how many times there's no way that everybody's in cahoots that have died and been above themselves in the operating room and seen what, you know, I've read accounts, seen accounts where more than one person from the situation will say, so the person who died and came back will say, oh, I saw. Yeah. And they'll see people walk in the room and leave. I mean, so there's, I mean, I, I do feel like our conscience is a part of something greater than this, but that's all, all, it seems like all these ancient writings, you know, they've been translated over and over and over. And then when also, when you have, when I say human error, I don't mean in translation, you have, for instance, if you're in you know Rome or something way back in the day and people are removing tons of books of the Bible because either it's too confusing, doesn't fit their, the narrative that's of the right. time. It's like, all of it's into interpretation. So you read, you know, so like the new international version of the Bible and stuff, they're just trying to dummy it down to tell you what it means, but it's all interpretation. That's what so, is so brilliant about the Bible is it, you could read one thing and it's so profound. So many, so many people could take it differently. And the more people try to define it is just more human error. So I imagine if you were to look, you know, I you know, talk about Isaias and Constantine and people that, where all these books of the Bible were, were removed, like a, the old term doubting Thomas that came from a, one. It's kind of like if Jesus had a greatest hits of uh, the new Testament that drew people in. Cause they thought, you know, they, they believed in it wholeheartedly and their faith was, was there because of that book. Thomas would have been one of them. And I'm not sure why he's excluded. I'm sure somebody out there knows, but uh, that's what they call doubting Thomas. And, and so it, it just makes you wonder what lies in all those books of the Bible, if some of them were removed for, you know, they're, they're debunked or something, but years ago, just make, I mean, who just knows? Cause that's the thing about history. You know, you read through history and now with everything being so crazy and divided all the time, they're like, history's watching us or, or we're going to change history. that's already existed. How many times has that already happened? How many right. times have, has the wrong person gotten credit, you know, for yeah. something that changed the world in a great way. Everybody who changed the world in a bad way gets the credit. You know, no one forgets that, but everyone takes the credit when something good happens. Well, look at the book of Judas. Oh, yeah. That's, right. That's which, crazy. which they, you know, which they debunked based, you know, I think on the, t- when it was written and whatever the case is, I, the, the book of Judas. So if you, what they can decipher from it, you could believe in that. Yeah. It's crazy. Easily it, believe in that. It's crazy. It's crazy to think, you know, that. Because, you know, then they they found it close to the or the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's area, right. right. Yeah. That's so, I mean, right. but think about it. If someone was playing a joke or just trying to do something that long ago, it's still an 
ancient writing. And in the, the premise, as you know, in the, in the book is Judas saying, Jesus came to him and said, Hey brother, I need you to turn on me here. And, uh, it, cause if I don't, if I'm not crucified, then I can't die for everybody's sins. And you know what my father's kingdom is. You, 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 I've told you about it. You know, we'll, we'll be together. And he didn't want to betray him. And he says that Jesus asked him to do that. So who knows, of course, but it's crazy to think when people are always talking about the Judas of the group, right? You know, right. What if he was the complete opposite? You know, it's just, it's bizarre. And, 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 and growing up, if someone would have said that stuff to me, I'd have been offended and, and, you know, like freaked out and hurt and just, you know, someone messes with your faith. And that's right. certainly what I'd never want to do with anybody because faith gets people through a lot. And, and I'm not, you know, none of us really know. We just, that's why it's called faith. So, but, anything like that that's been, you know, we've been sheltered from, it's easy to open an ear to because you see now that so much is bullshit, you know? <laughs> it's so unreal people, too. people thousands of years ago, I mean, we're putting all our trust in them. It, it would take someone like God to, you know, and that's what, come that, to that's, earth. That's what pisses me off about these, the trans kids and, and all the stuff that people are trying and, and what schools are the indoctrination of of Christopher Columbus and all those all those things about how America is systemically racist and bad and all those all the things that you really should be teaching a kid which the primary one is don't get so caught up in the next 21 years right don't 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 fall don't don't want to slit your wrist because you've you met somebody at 17 and it's going to you know when they leave you it's going to take your whole life over don't don't get so wrapped up in one thing because understand that probably 10 years from now you're not going to feel the same way instead of teaching kids that the stuff that we all go through as adults we're we're going to find out to make sure that a 7 year old understands the difference between why he's a girl or boy or not Instead of letting them make that decision as they get older, or you know, we're we're going to explain to you how America is bad and the country you live in is bad, and, and you need to make sure you grow up. And instead of teaching them about the things that actually go through every adult person, right? We're th- th- this is where it gets a little bit shitty in some aspects to me as we watch the country kind of turn. It's it's turning a little bit, and and things are changing. I mean, people are opening their eyes up more. You don't have, you can't be shielded from anything, right? Because you can now just go online and one way or the another, you are going to get a viewpoint. I mean, imagine being a kid and, 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 you know, like you were, I mean, I was, I was 77 or whatever the case is. And the only way you could get information was to go back through the articles in a library, you know, so you were going through with the magnifying glass and all that kind of thing. And you were reading other people's newspapers or, And, and their bias. Yeah, and they're biased, and you didn't even know what that it was. And, and think about that. How many, especially when you're growing up, not explaining to kids that everything you read in a newspaper or a magazine is not right, right? You you need to have more than one. So teach your kids this stuff and let them make other these other choices on their own when they're an adult when you when you can't teach them anymore. Right, there's two sides of every story, and then there's the truth. Right, but that's but could you could your the thing about it is parents we're, it's like the Pantene commercials where where the where the seven year old boy wants to be a girl, and so this this is the structure where and 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 the whole world's nice, you know, like we were talking about the 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 white guilt and all that kind of thing and and how that you you are guilty of uh and you don't even realize it. The the thing about it is, you know, you have to be, you have to be told that. 
right? Like we were talking about, you know, you it, it's like it pisses me off more when you tell me I need to feel a certain way than if you just let me live and learn, lear, yeah. live and learn, yeah. right? But but there are some things as parents that you need to tell your kids, and that is not everybody is nice, not everybody's going to treat you like a, like like you're the princess or prince that you are, right? That you think you are. And you're not always going to get a trophy and you're not these, some things are just not going to go your way. And if you don't understand that that's a good thing, then you probably are going to have a hard time in life. Right. And you hope that on the other side, those people that are not the good people throughout their journey at some point come to realization that they're assholes, you know, I mean, it's, and to go back to the, the kids, I mean, man, it's so true. It's like, there's no doubt that, you know, I, I have friends that, uh, have decided in their lives that they're not straight any longer and they want to come out of the closet and you know, they're, but they're adults, no problem no, more and more power to them. So, and I do believe, you know, I think some people just go through a lot of weird stuff and just decide one day they want to try something else and they kind of go back and forth or maybe they just, it, they evolve in some way, but kids, it's like, I think sometimes, so what I'm saying is you can be, I, I do think like a, a girl's, brain could be born in a guy and stuff like you know they're saying oh no it's a sickness or something no i mean i do think people are just born born that way at times i mean every, i'm sure there's a million different reasons but there are kids that you know if you if your son's feminine and your daughter's has you know some masculine a masculine side to her she just may may maybe may who they are you don't have to convince how many him. times did you grow up with a tomboy how many times we did you hear tomboys, that growing yeah. up right they were great i mean there are women now that have kids and, and a family, right? I mean, yes. I, I'm, I know, I'm not, the, the, the whole gay thing and the transaction, <laughs> that, no, if, if you didn't tell anybody what, who you had sex with or what was in your pants, nobody cares. No, nobody cares. And, and that, that, that's the problem. Because if you take that issue away from some people that, that have a, a, then they have no issue. They do not stand out in a room. That's why a lot of people, uh, we, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago with Eric, who's a, who, who does drag, right? And, and, and you know, there, there is this problem that the, sometimes the loudest person in the room is, is, the, is a, a gay guy that feels like he's got to be the most flamboyant person in the room. And, and if, if he's not, if you just, if, if, if you didn't care, because nobody does, nobody really cares. The ones that do are nuts, there's some sort of fanatic. If yeah, it's you, not their business. It's not their business. It's not anybody's business, right? And so the only reason it's an issue is because you make it an issue. And that's the problem with race. It's the problem with gender. It's the problem with all of it right now. There's these small groups of people in, in, in the United States are really everywhere. It's not just here. It's in Brazil. It's in Europe. It's in, it's on, it's in Australia. These small groups are are causing such a, a a stir that it's and people that didn't even think about this stuff are now in the mix. They're now having to think about it. It's being pushed on them to how they should feel if if they're asked a question or whatever the case is, and they're getting pissed off. Yeah, if you could if you could once again look online and see who's you know making fun of gay people or or whatever group you're referring to. That's who everyone should focus on because, but the problem is that just accusing everybody of the same thing because right. they're not like you is, like you said, it's dragging, it's pushing guilt on people that have, would have your back normally. I mean, it would be like, I would stand up for that in a room if 
someone was being an asshole and making fun of you for whatever life choice you've decided on. But just to say, well, you're guilty because you look like this or, you know, I assume that that's the same. That's stereotypical. That's what you're fighting against is what you're doing. Right. So all these people that would be on your side and have your back, you're pointing the finger at them as well. And that's that's where you're going to start having problems because no one likes to be accused of something that they're not guilty of. And instead of everybody coming together, that's, you know, because you and I talk about this stuff a lot. And we all know that it has to do with money and power and it goes way up the food chain and we're, we're all the pawns watching TV and getting riled up and mad. But that's what it is. It's, they're breeding their future success off people that have struggled their whole life, yeah. you know, with, with making these decisions and being afraid of what's going to happen when they do come out. And, I, and so I just, it, it, it is all really sad. And I just, I just hate that everybody, you know, could, just keeps looping everybody. I mean, that's what started all this is everybody's looping everybody into what, you know, if, if you believe this way, then, Oh my God, this means you have to believe this way too, in this way, in this way, in this way, you don't have, you can't be on, have a view over here that may be leaning left or right. Or that just means you're this, that means you're just looped in with a radical, like an alt right or a radical left. It's, it's all the people that are living normal lives in the middle that, you know, like me growing up in a, a small town, there were things I weren't exposed to, I didn't know what to think, and it kind of scares you because you've right. never been around it. And that's the the biggest thing is that then once you're exposed to it, you're like, oh, God, what an idiot I am, you know? And I think that's what most people are. If they if they weren't raised in a in a, a city that just kind of that's the way it was, you don't know. And then when you, you, you open your eyes and you evolve, and there's, I mean, probably billions of people that have opened their eyes to something that they weren't raised around and – and it's called life. You know, it's part of your, part of your journey as a human being and becoming an adult. But it just sucks that the way that these money hungry corporations and stuff see all the activity online and the viewership on on television and radio, you know, uh, all their listeners that they just they breed that hate to the point that people just normal. I mean, I know normal isn't really normal anymore there's no real normal but just saying the average person that's going about their day trying to survive make a living find some happiness and enjoy life are now guilty of of this and, and then some people say well it's because you're not you're not involved because you're not paying attention and to me it's like well the way i'm involved not paying attention is by not pointing fingers at people and saying right. you suck because you're this way and, and i'm i mean we're all no one's perfect and we all we're all out there to you know figure something out what your eyes are always seeing your ears are always on. We're all learning it, whether you realize it or not. So I, I mean, it just sucks. I just hate to see it like well, that. Well, and 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 look, I mean, we're we got, we actually got some neat, interesting stuff. I shouldn't say neat, but <laughs> I, I will say this before we take a little break here. We are corporations, right? And and that is something that people need to really get a grip on. Corporations do not exist without people, so. The idea that a board of directors and, and a handful of people at the top of IBM or Apple, for instance, are the ones controlling everybody is a, is a huge misnomer. And, 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 and it, it, it becomes an issue if, if I said today we could end world hunger if everybody got rid of their cell phones, there would still be a lot of people hungry in this world, right? And, and so just like the blame game, it, it, this this shit's got to stop in general. No, the only people trying to take your money are the people that are are, are the people that are willing to sit there and take it. Are the, are the ones that are willing to give it to them? 
And if you stop giving it to them, then they don't, then that doesn't exist. Right. And so I, the, the Facebook stuff and, and the, the Twitter stuff and, and, and all the things where people are getting upset because they're stymieing people's uh, political viewpoints and all those kind of things. The whole point of capitalism, I thought was we start our own platform. Yeah, and and so it becomes now. How, do we get shut down? Does the government try to come and get us? Then that somersaults into a whole nother ball game. But my point is that we were the whole point of of, of stymieing people if, if through a corporate platform like Facebook, for instance, is that we're, people are supposed to get so pissed off and quit using Facebook, but you can't, right? Because what it's going to do, it's going to affect me and you. It's going to affect people, and people do not want to be martyrs. I am a firm believer in that fact, that it, that people do not, they whatever we do, we need it to impact our life while we're living. So whether or not we think that this is, Facebook is bad for kids, or Instagram is bad for kids, or TikTok is unbelievably bad for kids, whether those things exist or not, and, and are out there, and they are, because they, they, <laughs> I just look at the the young girls that, that, for instance, get their mom involved in TikTok who have a lot of followers and they get their mom dancing with them. And you see a lot of that, right? The dads and the moms getting involved with their kids on TikTok, not really realizing that this platform is not good for kids. It is very, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a pervert, but it, it's, it's I, I, I can't look at TikTok because uh, I don't feel... Is it because they're doing provocative things? Absolutely. But aren't they do? Are they not doing that on every? I don't. I'm not on TikTok. I'm just and Andy. Maybe you could back me up I'm, on I'm this. Just asking, but TikTok for me is is if you go to Instagram, it just seems like it's more models. You see a lot of models, even if they're younger. It's it seems more model esque. I, I now granted, I don't dive deep for 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 kids doing stuff, but on Instagram or t- uh, TikTok, when I started that account which I've been reluctant to do and didn't do until about uh, a month ago. And I don't even do it. I'll play, I'll send a video and I'll, I don't even want to look at it. You just, it's young people immediately. It's highly sexualized. Unbelievable. Extremely. It's disgusting. And I say that from a perspective of where I'll make jokes about it. You know, like I, I can make, I made jokes about it before and now I don't make jokes about it anymore because it's not, there's, this is messed up. And there's no way to tell either. Uh, the way that these girls, present themselves they dress you can't tell if this girl is 16 or 25 you you know it's like and there's and it's at that point it's like i don't i don't know but they are but they are 16 and and they're and they're younger than that and and the and not only that the issue behind the words and some of these songs it's just so stupid and 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 what pisses me off is i don't have a problem if you want to let your daughter or or son do that stuff it's just Let's everybody just needs to shut up then and everybody just do what they want. Meaning whether you're one or, or, or 21 parents just need to leave their kids alone because you can't just pick and choose when you're, because one thing now that bothers me is when we're going to use kids, like when you're talking about kids at the border or kids in schools or kid, we're going to use kids as this device to get some, some kind of law passed or some kind of bullshit something done because we're going to, we're there for the kids, but yet we'll let them turn around and dance to WAP or let them get bullied till they feel like they need to end their lives way before it gets really started. 
I mean, it's just such bullshit. That, it, it, whenever I hear somebody talk about climate change or or kids, they're 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 uh, they're they're you know they're worried for kids or or um, you know what the hell else is there? White supremacy or race? I, I'm done immediately. I'm turned off because you have a person that probably doesn't know what the hell they're talking about and is just trying to get something. They want you to. They want. They're trying to get on a platform. They have a platform. Anyway, we'll be right back because Derek Chauvin trial might come back. This is going to be interesting. Uh, we got this clip from AOC about the, the I mean, there's just some dumb shit going on. And then 1,500 birds went uh, went right down into somebody's house through their chimney. They need to put the Ouija board away. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Sponsors of How Valid is the Validity. Audison Amplifiers. Feel it. Hertz Marine and Car Audio. Hear what you've been missing. Verdoliac Law Group. Let us help you. Aurora Nutriscience. True Liposomal Supplements. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Sony Mobile. Next Level Car Stereos. Titan Motoring. Customize whatever you drive. Whiskey Culture. Learn more about the drink you love. Chris Weaver Band. Live and streaming entertainment. How valid is the validity? Every Wednesday night, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. On Facebook and YouTube Live. Or download wherever you podcast. And I say king. Stai ascoltando. Anata WA Kiraimasu. Estás escuchando. Você está ouvindo. No matter how you say it, you are listening to. How valid is the validity? Okay. So, Caitlyn Jenner, we talked about it a little bit last week. Caitlyn Jenner is running for uh, governor of California through this. Um, What's it called? The all. Uh... Oh, by the way, I'm wearing glasses tonight. Did you notice that? I thought you looked smarter. You know, I I, I had a, I took a survey of one person, Andrea, and she said this looked all right. You look good. And so I, you know, I, I always like to go with a small sample size. <laughs> small sample size. Um, so Jared comes over and he says, "Man, uh, we were we were, I don't know how we got on Caitlyn Jenner. Probably talking about uh, the noses. Oh, Michael Jackson. I was talking about Michael Jackson's nose." And Caitlyn, well, no, I was talking about that last week because Caitlyn Jenner's nose, I think that she's had so much work on it, it's looking a little similar, and I'm, you know, a little bit, a little bit worrisome, really. Um, but I, I have not looked much uh, at Caitlyn Jenner, uh, some pictures, uh, what I saw in South Park, that kind of thing. But I mean, she, she's going to do this runoff, and I guess it's going to happen in November, uh, where she could be the next governor of California. Anyway, Jared had mentioned, have you seen her? Um, her ad, uh, her, her first gubernatorial, or not gubernatorial, but is it gubernatorial? No, governor, governor, run for governor ad. Political ad, thank you. Jesus, Chris. <laughs> Times are getting a changing. Uh, anyway, I did not, and he said it was awesome. So I, I went up here and I, I looked at it. It's a damn good ad. I don't know who did it, but we're going to play it right now. Here it is. Caitlyn Jenner, uh, first campaign ad for governor of California. I've always been a dreamer. California was once the envy of the world. We had what everyone else wanted. The American dream grew up here. Yet career politicians 
and their policies have destroyed that dream. It's been locked away, closed, shuttered, left in the dark, burned down. The government is now involved in every part of our lives. They've taken our money, our jobs, and our freedom. California needs a disruptor, a compassionate disruptor. I came here with a dream 48 years ago to be the greatest athlete in the world. Now I enter a different kind of race, arguably my most important one yet, to save California. I want to carry the torch for the parents who had to balance work and their child's education, for business owners who were forced to shut down, for pastors who were not able to be with their congregation, for the family who lost their home in a fire, for an entire generation of students who lost a year of education. This past year has redefined our career politicians as elitists and the people of California as the warriors, the kings, and the angels. We never take kindly to glass ceilings here. Instead, we shatter them. This one's way out there. We're the trailblazers, the innovators. California is facing big hurdles. Now, we need leaders who are unafraid to leap to new heights. Canada, he does not want to finish record in this race. He wants the world record. Who are unafraid to challenge and to change the status quo. I want to prove that it is absolutely possible if we only do it together. California, it's time to reopen our schools, reopen our businesses, reopen the Golden Gates. So I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, I'm running to be governor for all Californians. To reclaim our true identity, to bring back the gold to the Golden State. I want a tremendous victory. Now is the time to achieve that summit, to be the shining city on the hill, and together, will restore and renew the California dream. It's about what happens from here. It's not just about one person. It's about all of us. There it is. I. It is a good ad. Yeah, so so this is what it caught me off guard just because we've all been saying the same thing. I love California. I have so much family out there. Anytime I go to San Diego, clear up to you know Sacramento and everywhere in between, it's beautiful. It's awesome. And I do you know when you're not talking about politics, everybody you know it's great. So when when Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and got all these awards for being so brave and doing this and doing that. Is all gung ho, but now that she's running for governor and has those thoughts, of course, the crazy media is now turning on her. Yeah. So, so the the true brave part is to, I mean, think about it. You're getting credit without asking for it to be a trailblazer in one aspect of your life, something you've wanted to do your whole life, and just said screw it. But to me, it's you know, it's so it's so interesting now that to really take a torch and say. This is where I'm from. This is, I don't like the way things are going and I want to change it. Obviously, she doesn't give a rat's ass about, you know, pol- you know, obviously politics because she's running sure. for governor, but 
but obviously, I mean, it takes it takes just as much bravery to come out, you know, as a woman to turn around, and everybody thinks that they're turning on. Oh, you're our leader. You're right. Or our voice, but it's just still continuing to do something she believes in, and uh, I just think. I mean, I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, I didn't even know um, her political views. But well, was, she was a Trump supporter. It was just so refreshing. Well, I just don't really. I just don't pay attention. But yeah. it, was, it was refreshing to to see someone. Because, but that's what's sad. It's like with Tim Scott. You know, unfortunately, and I don't know if you plan on getting this later, but the Oreo comment and the Uncle Tim. That whole, just <laughs> yeah. it's like so. Someone doesn't agree with you, so therefore now you're exiled from our our cause. And the black, like, the black. So the guy, the black leader and the black Democratic leader in tech in Texas, Texas. resigned and because of this. Did you see that a lot of the. Uh, Democrats were saying, well, we don't accept your resignation because you've done nothing wrong kind of thing. So it's just how can you spew the same hate, Yeah. you know, that you're accusing everybody else of that's dead for right. a couple hundred years. <laughs> so but also, you know, and they asked, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, their thoughts on, you know, uh, transgender boys yeah. competing against girls. I just can't believe that women are not outraged by these boys coming in and breaking state records right off the bat and stuff, because here's the deal. It's fine. How you want to identify. That's fine. You can dress as Barney. I don't care. Right. But the deal is, you know, Bruce Jenner was, you know, arguably the best Olympic athlete of all time. If you're going to get a professional opinion, I mean, think about if Right. If she would have ran, you know, against, it should be every guy in the world. Yeah. So imagine, Knowing he knows, she knows. I mean, he knew and she knows better than anybody that's ever lived in our modern era. This, you know, it's like an expert of experts. And then, of course, oh my God, I can't believe. <laughs> I mean, I just think, I, I mean, you know, I just can't believe that there's not more people, females, because it's such a, you know, it's been, been such a social justice cause for women and their equality. And, and it's great to see so many women doing well. That is so weird when two groups that are going for the same thing, you think there might be a little division there. You don't hear anything. But but the thing about it is, you the, for the it, most part, it is right. It is happening, and these things that that you're talking about are mostly happening in California and New York, right? So that you you know the rest of the country, it it really turns into a red blue map situation where you're what where you look at how the elections go and 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 you just see a lot of blue in in certain states and just these small areas and everything else is red and but, there, but there's blue but there's obviously more women in California and in New York combined than most of, a lot of our country and I just can't believe that for but, all they fought for that they just aren't saying that's ridiculous they are they are and and, and 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 they are you hear it now with laws trying to be passed in certain school districts in California women are standing up saying this isn't right girl athletes and Olympians are standing up and saying this isn't right. And 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 the thing about it is men, even the staunchest men, you know, that are like man's man, Burl Ives, you know, or Grizzly Adam type dudes, right. are, don't have a problem with identification, but they, they do have a problem with biology, bi- biology, right? So it's, it's, I don't give, I don't care that you're, that you, you're six foot four man and, and you know, and you want to be a woman, that's fine, but you can't play girl sports. Yeah, there's got to be a line somewhere Correct. with a reality. Because when you start, when you start infringing on other people's rights, and that's the whole, that's what caused all this beginning. No one wanted to be, you know, punished by society because they wanted to be a woman. 
And obviously, a long time ago, that was the case. So here we are now accepting it and you know, saying everybody's saying, yeah, just live your life, do what you want to do. Now it's infringing on another group, group's rights. And that's what stirred up the shit in the beginning. So it's like, I just think, I mean, it's like you can't have just because you want equality, then let's have equality. It doesn't mean that you get more than everybody else. That's what got us here in the first place. Right. With the accusation that another but the group idea has that more. you that you give a shit about what I what I think, you know that that's what that's what gets me about this whole thing. It's like go be a if you're a guy and you want to be a girl, be that. If you're a girl and you want to be a guy, do that. Don't get if I don't think that that's correct for for men to play in women's sports, even even though they identify as if I don't feel that way, that's my problem. The fact that you're gonna get, you're gonna make me, make me feel that way. It makes it even worse. Yeah, you can't do that. It's just not. The, it's not how human nature is. You can't just force, you know, someone into something. It's making it. It's it's making the point to where people that maybe, let's just say, that I have this line in my mind, where I don't think a man should be able to compete in a in a in a girl sport if the, if that man identifies as a girl. Let's just say I have that feeling, which and. and for the most part, I do. You're not even going to get me to have a discussion if this is going to be a forced issue, right? If if we're gonna if we're gonna use the 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 political system to to intimidate politicians to vote a certain way because of a, of a certain group that's louder than everybody, whatever the case is, you're not even going to get me into a room to have a conversation because I'm going to feel like my back's already up against the wall. And and then you're and here's the other issue. You, you, this isn't the only issue. So as a white guy, especially, we're we're dealing with. I can't say anything because it it uh, it's a woman. I can't say anything because it's LGBTQ community. I can't say anything because I'm already systemically racist. I can't say so already. It's it's not like I'm just talking about girls and men's you know men and girls sports. I'm already dealing with the fact that I can't talk about anything. In a thousand other places, and that's what you're having. A, uh, you see it all the time with people trying to get their point across, and they're having to jump these mental hurdles to be able to even have a conversation about anything. And that is a that's a bitch. Yeah, that's man. a bitch. And there's no doubt. I'm sure. I mean, because obviously we live in a gigantic country, so there's no doubt. There's people, you know, on, on the far right side that won't listen to one thing, and obviously, clearly, on the far left, won't listen to anything. It's like you're not you're not you didn't this write the rules the playbook on on life and and everybody else's life. So it's just bizarre to me. I mean, it's, it's bizarre to all of us how those people you're right. It's like you get into a room and they're not they're not listening to anything you have to say because they're so worried about what they're going to say next. Correct. And sh- shut you down and cuz I lo- there's not like a good conversation. I mean, we all have friends. I mean, before Trump I was I had a roommate for seven years who's from one of the country's towns I've ever been to. Like I said, I was born in a town of 500 people. I've been to his hometown. I was like, damn, <laughs> guys aren't messing around. And I just assumed we probably aligned you know, politically or, or, or whatever. And, we, we, and what's weird is we align on everything. So we both just, we all just assumed we probably the same. But it's so weird because, like, you know, what make, may make someone raised a Democrat was their dad was in a union, and that's it. Or, you know, a Republican be the same thing. They're, you know, just one little issue. But the way it keeps expanding and expanding and expanding, it, I just feel like these parties could 
could start to split and split because there's people that are just like, what? I just, I don't care. I'm out. I got your back. You know, if I, if I were to walk up at Walmart and see four guys jumping another guy, I don't care right. what race they are. I don't care. I didn't know. It, I mean, I'd hate to jump in and retrospect, find out the guy, the killed one guy, wiper, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I would just, in, my natural instinct as a human would be like, you want to help that person that's, that's getting, getting hurt, you know? And I, I, it just, it just, blo- it just blows my mind. The, 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 that's a good point too, because you know, you, I, one time I, I found myself getting into a situation and this is just, it, it just reiterated to me. You got to stay out of people's situation Shit. until until you know what the situation is. But the best part of a bell curve is cutting off the sides. It's the best part of a rainbow is the arch, it's, or the pot of gold. Well, right, the but there is there isn't one, and right. that's what's wrong with the with the extremities of a bell curve. Exactly. Right. It, it's, it's there is no pot of gold, and these people are thinking that if they're extreme enough, that they're going to you know it's this righteousness that they have, whether they're right or left, is going to somehow make everybody else get in line. But the 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 majority of the people are always the middle. You know, and 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 it's and you will find most people will find if they just disregard the nuts, the people that are the 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 loudest that don't say anything. If you just stop listening to them and thinking that that is what the world is, you're going to probably live a lot longer and you're not going to think everybody's so bad, right? I I, I just the bell, everything in life is on a bell curve. Everything. I, there's not one thing in this world you could tell me that I couldn't tell you. It, it, there's some sort of, there's some sort of extreme right or left, and then there's the rest of us. Sure. Know. And every every situation should be brought to the social table. You know, people saying, "Hey, this is this is what I believe in. This is what needs some awareness." But it's odd that the smallest amount of people, like the psychotic people, are the ones with the loudest microphone. And it just, you assume, therefore, that person with that political view, everybody has that. And it goes both ways. And it's just like, and what's weird is most people won't even talk about it at parties and stuff because you just figure that someone's just going to go on a rant and you don't want to deal with it. So it's like still all the people kind of down the middle who are still green really don't even talk about it much. It's just the the blah, 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 you know, the the crazies. And it just, I mean, hell, I don't anymore. I mean, because, you know, you go into, you get someone that's riled up like at a, at a party or whatever. It's just like, there's, if someone wanted to say, Hey, you know, I'm confused on how could you ever, you know, believe this. And I'd say, well, let's have a conversation. Cause I, there's nothing like sitting down and learning something. Yeah, like, no teach, teach me something. Don't tell me something, you know, <laughs> don't preach me something. Correct. If I want to preach I'll go to church. I would love, cause there's, I mean, there's obviously so much, none of us know. I mean, like yourself, you know, you do you do a ton of research and you read you read all these different sources and come to the conclusion, you know, that you feel like is right for you in your life, as I do the same. But just turning on the TV and seeing you know somebody's editorial, you know, opinion, all of a sudden you're spewing it at every single oh, party every, you go to, like right. like it was your research. When in reality there was no research to begin with, like the border crisis. I mean, I grew up in a town that's over fifty percent Hispanic. And we had, so we had people that were, you know, that we grew up with that just, we all were born in the same town, you know, of, of all races. We all went to the same school once we got to high school and we all played in sports together. We all, you know, won together, lost together, and we're a team together, laughed, cried, you know, everything together. And 
I think if everybody had a chance to to do that, you'd have a, a you know a lot of a lot of friends from all over the place. But in our hometown, we started getting a lot of a uh, illegal immigration. And what it was, it wasn't just like Latinos that moved to our hometown, and then people we grew up with that happened to be Latino were just like their best friends. A lot of these people were coming to town. Uh, one of my friends who I wrestle with, who's Hispanic, at a gas station one night. I was probably 20, 30 feet from him, just talking to some other friends. You know, you, have, you cruise Maine. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's like two little gas stations on each side of town that everybody'd congregate at. These guys pull up, and they just, some of them moved from, you know, Mexico, some moved from L.A. Because they moved there to work at this beef packing plant that they opened. It's now one of the biggest in the country, and I think even the world. And so it just, our town grew, doubled in size. But the thing was, our buddy, who's a state championship wrestler, he, uh, like I said, who, who's Hispanic, these guys were talking all kinds of shit through their car, and he went up to just shut him down, and they shot him right in the heart. And that was a, a good friend of ours, you know? So it wasn't like, we obviously weren't racist. We all went out together, and we were having fun for years. And so there are, if, if, you're, if you were not, like I said, again, not raised around something, you don't understand it, it and go both ways. You can be ignorant on a racist side, but you also could be ignorant to the negative, neg- negative yeah. sides like I said, some people are just, they're the, everybody's the product of the way they were raised and where they're from. And, and if you, if you come to, like when I came to Nashville, I was probably a little more feral, you know, I just, you kind of figure, Oh, I just get in a fight and we'll settle it that way. Cause that's what you always did. And you start realizing there's, you know, actual real ways to handle a matter that, right. that are, you know, everybody <laughs> yeah. walk away. You may, may be pissed or whatever, but it's like so stupid and so pointless. So just because, you know, you want to, stay in power or you want to do this that you won't realize or call something a crisis or whatever. It's like, that is not helping anyone. It's not helping the the kids at the border that are showing up with, with traffickers or getting raped or, or beat. And none of that makes the news because it doesn't, and it doesn't help out anybody. It's just, no one, no one is out for us. You know, they're all, when you get a bunch of, for the most part, I'm sure there's some good people, but a bunch of crooked attorneys that have worked their way up as politicians and fought and fought and fought. And every time they've won, they've lost a little bit of their soul because they had to go a little bit further to get it done. And that, whether that's, you know, somebody donating to their campaign or they're turning their backs on, you know, their true ideals and the tr- people that elected them, they don't care. And, and it just sucks that we're the ones receiving all the shrapnel out of Washington, D.C. And instead of us getting hit with the shrapnel and fighting back, we turn on each other and want to fight each other. And, I, I you know, that just sucks. Well, it, it, and so I, I'm, it's, you, you know, you brought up the border thing. My, my, my thing is uh, two things. It, it, this idea that everybody's supposed to be nice that crosses the border. We, you know what I'm saying? The, it, this blanket statement that Im- all immigrants need to come into the United States, like every one of them are good people, right? Every one of them have good intentions coming to this country. Pisses me off. I, I, that is the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard in my entire life. This idea that they've just now sending children, teenagers and young children without the parents thinking that they're just going to get into the United States is also bullshit. That being said, when you start talking, when we go back to the idea of the bell curve, if you take AOC and Ted Cruz, when you take these people out, you know, the the what's the Democratic uh, San Francisco, the woman that head of the House, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, you, you don't listen to her. So. Basically, if you get on TV or you listen to the radio, whatever the case is, and you and you, whenever you see her, you just turn it off. 
If you see AOC, you turn it off. If you see Ted Cruz, you turn it off. These people, Pat Roberts, never, never, never just go past him immediately. Whenever you turn off the extremities and you get to see a little bit of the actual news, people that aren't just crying wolf every time you turn around, this stuff, there, there is some of this stuff coming out. And there are some places like, uh, uh, you know, if you're a Republican in America, News First or whatever, the Young Turks I wish was better, but they they're not. You know, I, I've, I've really been trying to find a left wing uh, place to go to get news to where I could at least listen to the person w- w- because they're not just saying dumb shit. You know, they're, they talk like uh, like Walter Cronkite. You know, I look for that on both sides. People that just are just telling me what's going on. True reporters. Right. Journalism. Right. At its finest. So that being said, AOC comes out last year or two years ago. It was a crisis. She goes to the border wearing white with a protest. She's crying. She's she's you know, this is a huge crisis, whatever the case is. Then then Biden gets in office. And it's not a surge. It's not a crisis, not anything anymore. You know, she doesn't necessarily like what Biden's doing, but uh, we're, we're just trying to figure out how to get, you know, 18 million kids into the country. Anyway, I, let, let's let's just take a look at this and dissect this a little bit, because this woman is just I, I admire her. I, I do a little bit, not because of her smarts, but really just because of her ability. Because her sharts? Her sharts, when she just basically from her mouth. So let's talk about this because so much of our national conversation, which is not a conversation, uh, about immigration is driven by people who could not care less about immigrants. So often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why are you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also it's a carceral crisis because as I have already said, even during this term and this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system. Okay, this is a United States congressperson. This is, this is, so, you know, I, I miss the days when people would dress up in ties and dresses and, and business suits or whatever you want to call it. And, and they would talk to you like you were a constituent and not, not like you're so dumb that you can't see straight because that's what this is. You know, when somebody asks the question, why aren't you talking about the border crisis now? Like you were last year, a viable question. You know, you go down there, you know, you're, you're crying, you're taking, getting pictures taken. It's a huge, major problem. All these people trying to get into it. We, we closed the border down during COVID. Now it's not a crisis. Now, the, but, but, but the, this president has a little bit of a problem. Yes, I get it. But we all, now we're going to talk to you about how the United States get involved, gets involved in Colombia, South, South America, uh, Central America, and has ruined their whole world, and that's why they're coming here. How our system is set up like the prison system. Carceral, I mean, that word by itself, the amount of practice it must have taken her to, to, to get that word correct, right? Who, who in the hell has ever... I, I, I used to work in, 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 in the legislature in West Virginia when, talk, when, when, prison, you know, when we were trying to get prison systems from the federal government. I never heard that word in my entire life. Regardless, she's got a nice thesaurus. It's unbelievable. But we're going to talk now. So there's there's all these kids on the border trying to get into this country from all over, not just Mexico, Guatemala, Central America, Colombia, Venezuela, whatever. We're going to instead of having a plan 
instead of trying to actually help these people, let's help them. I'm okay, no problem. We just spent seven trillion dollars, like it, we had nothing to do with it, and and Biden's about to do another four trillion dollars over the next ten years. We can help eighteen million kids, but but instead of doing that, we're going to get a history lesson from somebody who who really sh- is smarter than that. Her 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 background is smarter than that to try to give a history lesson on the Americans going into. Columbia and and changing the whole uh, drug trade and 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 the Bay of Pigs and we're going to talk all the shit that we've done in, in the southern part of the hemisphere that have just screwed people so bad that they have they they have, they need someplace else to go. Why? If America's so bad, what the? Why do they want to come here? Why 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 are you wanting to let them in if America is so bad? You know, it just the, the, you can't make sense of this shit. It, it just, it well, just. That's, that's the thing is, for me, just as a American, geez, a dude, piece. it's like consistency, because obviously she probably still feels somewhere in the middle, but she, they're so obsessed with power that they just, they can't imagine another four years of, of you know, not being in power. I mean, it's just the, it, it blows my mind because it, yeah, obviously the same exact thing. A year or two later, is a, a one eighty, and that just like I'll tell you a perfect example. So when the GameStop stuff happened, you know, with the, yeah. the stock market, and if uh, anybody out there didn't know, just go look it up. It's, it's not worth getting into, but at the end of the day, that stock everybody started buying GameStop because there's a brick and mortar mortar uh, place, and everybody said, "Well, hell, wait, now we just get everything digitally. These tangible games and all that crap is gonna, you know, vanish and diminish." with with technology advances and and such so they brought on the the ceos of these platforms of the uh, uh, and uh to watch so it was it was watching the conservatives republicans and democrats all team up on these rich assholes in wall street and i, I saw and i saw maxine waters and aoc destroying these guys and i was like yes I mean, they were like being hateful, like they do, you know, when right. anytime there's Kavanaugh or whoever's up there, and uh, it, I was like, yeah, I mean, it made me like, yeah, hell yeah, get those bastards, and I just, I thought, wow, I mean, it just blew my mind to see when when they actually focus on stuff together, how they, how right. amazing it is, and just so it's just they they know they're spewing shit, and they're they're looking for any way to solve it without it getting you know a a, a little check mark by Biden's name on the chalkboard for, for a screw up because they don't want to lose power. And it's like, at what point can you guys just do the right thing? I mean, you know, and it's so easy to mention Joe Manchin cause he, you know, votes conservatively a lot of times and he's, you know, although clearly he's a, he's a Democrat, his constituents. Are, so, I mean, it's not like he's just doing the right thing. I mean, he's got people that are paying attention that are, I mean, West Virginia is such an anomaly, you know, it is as you know, cause you're from there. And I, re- I really like him, and it's easy for me to say that because he agrees with most of the shit I do. <laughs> but it's like I do still feel at the end of the day when I see him talk, I just see in his eyes, I feel like he cares. You know, I feel like he didn't always, you know, go with what you want him to do, but it's his decision. But I do feel like he, he does listen and pay attention. And I know if you were, you know, you became a country superstar because you were, you know, stood up for the, nothing but the tradition of country music or maybe somewhat people – said, oh, I would never listen to country music, but I like, I mean, I, I remember seeing a, a tweet one time that said, 
Keith Urban, I swore to myself I'd never like country music, but I'll tell you what, I'll meet you in the middle. And what it is is he was like a gateway drug to country music, and which is cool too, but, yeah. but everybody's standing for something, and it's something they believe in. And so I know you can only go so so far. I mean, the traditional country guy may be listening to, you know, something a little secret on the side, you know, cheating on country music, but would never when they people say, What <laughs> back when iPods are a thing, what what's something embarrassing on your iPod? I'm like, I anything on my iPod, I'm not embarrassed of. I put it right. on, I put it on there. But it's just the, I know they gotta play to those those crowds like you obviously do and you have a, a fan base because that's what their constituents are. And it's it's it it's just uh nice to see someone like Mansion that you know, seems like. Well, he's. An, he, I mean, just go with it. Mansion is is a, is an interesting ball game because, you know, would you have vote for him for president if you had to, if you didn't like the, the Republican? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I would vote for Joe because he's. I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I think the country needs a Bill Clinton right now. You know, I I think a country needs that second term Bill Clinton, middle of the road, you know, guy that can that that. You know, I remember when, when, um, oh God, I can't even think of his name now. He was the Speaker of the House at that time, and it was the Republicans had the House and the Senate, and, and Clinton was, uh, the president the first term. Uh, Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich. Yeah, of course. So they couldn't get anything passed. I mean, it was just, it was just this impasse, you know, and, and, Clinton took that middle of the road and, and things started to get done again. And, and you, you saw exactly what's going to happen in 2022 where the house starts to get you know it's going to get more republicans and and you, you know and the, and the i mean that's it's going to happen this, this whole thing and that's what happens in these midterms elections whatever the case is it would be nice to have somebody that wasn't so divisive that had the democratic side because understand this when i worked uh in in the, in the senate i worked with his, joe's counterpart in mon county which was a a, a, a you know a, the senator uh, can't think of his name uh, off the top of my head anyway, but I knew Joe, my dad was Toddy's son. I mean, he'd been friends with his camp. I mean, I've known Joe all the way through me and his wife worked together at Fairmont state. Point being is he had the, when West Virginia was staunch Democrat, he was that. And he ran and ran and never gave up. He is the true Joe Biden story because he ran four times for governor before he became governor. He was a Senator for years and then he wanted to be a governor and he did it. He ran three or four times before he was governor. Then West Virginia flipped. So he, it's it, it, there's only three electoral votes there, right? So you know, or five. I'm sorry, five electoral votes. And and he's got in such a weird place because he's got the Democrat, you know, foundation when Democrats really kind of were a little bit conservative too, and now he's got this Republican, you know, this this Republican side of him that he can be because his base will let him, right? So if he if if, if West Virginia was staunch Democrat again, some of the stuff he was doing wouldn't get him elected. But he's in this weird position where he can be a Democrat, and because now his, a lot of his base is conservative, he can lean conservative. So he has become one of the most powerful people in the Senate. Yeah, he, he, he you know. It's really an interesting. Cinema and him decide what comes and goes when it comes to a close call. I mean, I don't think people understand that that's gonna, that needs to be a story. To understand that that, you know, how many other places that's happened to, I don't know, but a whole state. A whole state flipped to the point where this guy was known as a Democrat. Everybody knows he's a Democrat. But then when the state flipped Republican, he was allowed to be more conservative. And look where it's put him now. The, the one guy that makes decisions in the Senate because of 
of West Virginia. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's a novel concept. Now, obviously, that was uh, obviously what Biden claimed he was going to do. But it, but it can't, and it's not going to. And obviously, he doesn't know where he's at. Honestly, I can't even play clips of Biden anymore. I can't even do it because it's not. I don't. I can't laugh at it. It's it, you know he's the president of the United States, and 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 he doesn't know where he's at, and, and it, 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 he just doesn't know where he's at, and it's not funny. Well, you know, I just hope he can can pretend to know where he's at for three more years, or you know, obviously. Jared, I got to be honest with you. I don't. I don't. I, I don't see him. I, I definitely see, for the first time in our lifetime, the 25th Amendment happening. I, I definitely see it. I, there's no possible way the man could, could stay three more years. I think that they knew that going in, obviously. Cause Absolutely. Because remember right before Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, they did all that shit, 25th Amendment. Exactly. It wasn't I mean, for Trump. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Yep. I agree with that 100%. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I remember having conversations with people. It was like, this isn't for Trump. I mean, you're not going to do this in December, uh, you know, a month before he's gone. This is to get people understanding what the 25th Amendment is so that when they use it for Biden, people know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, it was a perfect excuse to get it rocking because of Trump. But at the end of the day, we all. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean that's what, uh, you know, they uh, we hear over and over, oh, they just think Americans are stupid and stuff. But everybody has instincts and intuition. And if you just pay attention, you know, and go with your, your beer gut. <laughs> I said eighteen million. I follow my beer gut. Everywhere. I said eighteen million kids. It was eighteen thousand. I apologize. Well, better eighteen thousand. Eventually, it'll get. But you know, that's another thing is you know, people going oh, like you see the, you, you know, AOC's clip there. They also know that if they keep letting everybody in, lump them in to to citizens, they'll vote for them. I want I want you to will you watch the rest. I'm gonna play these other two because, like I was saying earlier, we're gonna start using now the keywords to make you clinch up so let me let me get uh, i've been clinching the whole time i know i seriously so those are some of the problems what about the solution well number one our solutions need to be rooted in foreign policy because our interventionist history in foreign policy and history over decades of destabilizing regions drive people in my but people don't want to have that conversation. Secondly, let's talk about the climate crisis because the U.S. has disproportionately contributed to the total amount of emissions that is causing a planetary climate crisis right now. And But who is bearing the brunt of that? Disproportionately, it's actually not us. We help create the problem, but disproportionately, it's the global South. It's South Asia. It's Latin America that are going to be experiencing the floods, wildfires, and droughts in a disproportionate way which ding 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 has already started a migration crisis so i mean okay right so now we're going to get now climate crisis you can get that involved you could be having a talk with with a kid trying to tell you it it, that he or she needs money to buy candy and you're saying no i'm not today son and now we have put kids we've put everybody in the position to be able to say dad if it wasn't for climate change, I think, I think you'd give me that dollar. I think you'd give me that dollar. I mean, that, we, we, that's, that's how absurd this is. That you, you can now use climate change. The, 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 what did she call it in the beginning? Was an a, a invasionist, uh, the idea that you know, United States has done so much harm in South America and South Asia. I'm not, I, that one I'm not, I have to look at that, understand where she's coming from there. But 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 South America and, and the middle and you know in, in Central America, that people need to come to the United States because it's so bad because of all the shit we've done to these countries. I get behind that. I, I could say, yeah, there we've 
The United States has put its beak in a lot of places, manipulated a lot of governments, paid off a lot of people where, where government was already shitty anyway. Yeah, I, I could see where maybe we that could be an argument. Man, I'm trying to rack my brain how that could affect climate in any way. I mean, because if you're using the same resources in one country and you come to another country and have the same, start using resources, if anything, you're going to have more opportunity to use more resources here. I, I, so it, what her, is, her problem is not... What is it? The, the, what she's saying is that the, that our use of resources, are, are, uh, the, the way we throw things away, the way we just are flipping about whatever the case is, it's, it's causing the climate change is causing problems in other countries uh, because of how we're dealing with the fact that we waste everything. I, I, I've tried to understand. Here, here's the problem you have. And, 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 and this is on her. I'm, I'm not trying to take up for her for this, for this perspective. This woman sees so much shit every day come across her desk, right? All the meetings that are climate change based, all the meetings that are, all the information she's getting from scientists and all the stuff that her, her people are writing bills and, and, and trying to explain to her what's, she's getting this shit all day long. And in an Instagram post, a three-minute Instagram post, she's spewing this shit out like everybody has read the same information. That's a problem. Yeah, it sounds like to me they're, they're just so used to using the same talking points that they don't Correct. know how to have a conversation with that one. Right, and, and this is also another problem that's pissing people off is I don't need you to tell me climate change is a problem every time there's a problem. I just need you to tell me what are you going to do about it and how much is it going to cost me? That, that's the issue. And, and, and nobody will do that. And the politicians that do do that somehow get lambasted because it's almost like other politicians see that and go, you're telling them the truth. Or you're telling them something, you're, you're giving them facts and we can't, we don't do that around here. Because there is this predominant thing, just like I said earlier, with corporations, the only way corporations exist is people buy their shit. If people keep continually voting for people that won't tell them a, 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 an answer, if people keep voting for people that just give you this shit, where we're going to talk about our carcer- or, or, or the way we incarcerate people is a problem, climate change is, is everything, and, and the way we treat everybody in the United, in, from the United States to other countries is the reason we're the pieces of shit. If, if that's all we're going to do is vote for these people that continually tell us how bad we are and how much we've affected everybody, and, and, and yet that's why everybody wants to come here without giving us any idea about what they're going to do about it, if we continue to do this, we deserve everybody we get, right? And it's just, this is ridiculous that this, this woman is talking about something, a border, a border crisis or non-border crisis, and hasn't said anything except why we caused it. Well, that's the thing is, God you know, dang they it. say to go, you know, go back to the root of the problem. So that's why you haven't seen Kamala Harris go to the border. It's just because she, she, one, I don't think she gives a rat's ass. Two, <laughs> it's like, I mean, she doesn't want to solidify the issue by going down there to prove that there's a true issue but also she's so far left that she if she went down there she didn't she don't even be seen down there so she's like well i'll visit those countries what are you gonna do you're just gonna give their governments who are corrupt billions of dollars right. to do the same thing correct and then make then in your debates in the next round you know of, of our election <clears throat> you're gonna say well we did this we went down there and instead of you know, harassing these poor people that are coming up. And there's no doubt, I mean, dude, obviously the kids, the thing, people are opportunists. And like you said, it doesn't matter where, what color you are, what gender. I mean, it doesn't matter. Some people are just scumbags of, of all kinds. So it's like, there's, I mean, 
There's no doubt. There was a a guy uh, not too long ago that had some uh, footage on his just his regular cameras he had on his ranch. Uh, it was like ten hours into Texas, and just had his his cams just going off with rows of immigrants passing by. They just kept walking. They got through and just said, "Screw it! I'm just gonna, we walk, I'm just we walked hundreds of, we walked hundreds of miles. We're just going to keep walking." And I mean, and, and damn, I mean, I, that's pretty amazing. One, how resilient the human body is. I mean, it's poor children walking all those miles to be pawns. And, and obviously it's gotta be pretty rough as you know. I mean, I'm preaching choir, you know, all this stuff that the, there's, these countries are, are horrible because of those people that are doing all the shit. These corrupt governments are allowing, you know, these people to prey on the people that just are normal, good people. They want to live their lives. So all of a sudden you think, like you said, just all the, just by chance, all just the good people decide to come up when they, when there's an opportunity. No, it's going to feed in obviously to the cartels and whoever, uh, other people that are going to come up and look at it as an opportunity to get a free ride in, into our country. And, and it, the thing that pisses me off, because here's the deal. Yes, we are born here. We're very fortunate to have been born here. And it's easy for us to, you know, throw a stiff arm to people wanting to come to our country. But we always forget the legal way to get in this country which I have some problems with that too, uh, you know, on the side of the immigrants. Like I was with the Uber driver and this guy was a chef and now he was, he was from Iraq. And you know, a lot of people think, Oh, that he he told me I was the first nice per, per, person to be nice to him since he came to, he became an Uber driver. Cause as soon as he says he's from Iraq, people get all freaked out, yeah. but they don't realize we're actually allies with Iraq. It's the terrorists that we're against. We're trying to liberate those nations and, and, Allow you know get rid of the terrorists, which unfortunately just continues to breed more terrorists when their parents, you know, get shot up and you know and war. But this guy said he moved to France. He's a chef, and he was equivalent to their version of an Iron Chef in these competitions and all this. He just wanted to come to America so bad, so he put in his application, and it took six years or eight years for him to to get to come to the United States. And I said, "Are you kidding me? I mean, because it's like." Here we are preaching, just come here right. the right way. But no, we don't think, we don't know that. We don't know that people are waiting years and years and years. And if so if I was in a place where I felt like my family wasn't going to survive, whether it, uh, you know, is happens to do with food or, or rape and murder or whatever it could be, eventually I'd be like, well, screw them. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way of getting there anyway. So I think we definitely need to go back, you know, reform our, our immigration plan because of people, because we're always like, oh, it's on, you know, it depends if you're qualified to come, you know, to America. We just want the good people or whatever. And I agree, we it'd be, it'd make our, our country, our nation stronger. But to make people that are qualified wait around for nearly a decade to come over, that's stupid too with, you know, the, the lottery crap. Um, if you're really just going to pick the cream of the crop or whatever, then do it and get everybody over here, you know, but, but just to, turn around in the, in the same breath and say all those people that are waiting around that have done it the right way because you see the immigrants that have came here legally they're pissed they're like are you kidding me i did I, every, mean, I did everything correctly and i'm even i'm a citizen now and, oh. I, and i can't you know and so i mean it's just everything's just such well, that, bullshit. That, that's like the rashida talib the whole rashida talib and the and the and the other one that's uh you know uh, i can't even think of what her name is right off the top of my head but i mean you know the that came from shitty places in the middle east and they they come to the United States, you know, and they and they she runs for Congress, wins, and then tells everybody about how shitty the United States is. I mean, th- these types of things, the the the, the act, the, the the fact that 
in, in Detroit area, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, there are places that's got Shiite law. Shiite, was it Shiite law? Shiite? Shiite. Shiite. Shiite, Shiite law. The police Shiite. don't even go in. People don't even go in. It's it's basically a small, the, the Muslim, uh, you know, uh, the, the Muslim community that, and I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's if if it's the fanatics. I don't know what it is, but there are places you just don't go in this country. The idea that we don't let people in, or that or that that everybody that comes here has got good intentions is is shit. The fact that what you just said, if you actually try to do, to do it fairly and on right, it could take you up to 15 years. You know, now there are people that get in, like Andrea is a prime example that it, you know it was she's been in the process living here, working here, the whole thing, and it's it's taken her three or four years, whatever the case is. Some people are, it just depends. So it's, you know, the, the again, it's the extreme is 12 years. You could get here as, as, as early as three, right, as far as the citizenship or whatever. My, my thing is that this whole idea that people are, that, that the United States is this inherently good country that is supposed to not... Perpetuate its interest. For instance, Middle East, when you talk about uh, there are allies. Yes. If we just went there to liberate the Iraqis and the Saudis and the Kuwaitis, if we just did that, and we didn't give a, a shit about the oil wells, and gas was 18 bucks a gallon, right? People in this country would be losing their shit. Of course. Right. So they lose their shit when, the, when gas goes from 250 to, to, to 350. We, everybody loses their shit. Point being is that these things that this country's done, good, bad, or in between, the government is made up of us. This 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 whole idea that that the government is some other entity, that these people are some sort of space aliens, and that they don't have the same idea as you, and the same human characteristics as we all do. We can't help everybody. You can't help every homeless person. You can't do everything for everybody. You just do what you can for the people that are around you. Yeah, but because you right? know, there's a because there's a lot of times that you do try to help people. Absolutely, and they, and they just don't want to help themselves. And and that's and, some countries. And, yeah, well, even here, I mean, it's like there's there's so many organizations, committees, and all these things that are all about helping everybody get jobs. You know that that are minorities and. I'm not, dude, there's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. I've seen it in pisses. Like, to find out women don't get paid much as men and stuff, that even existed or still exists, makes no sense to me. I just doesn't, I don't fathom, fathom it in my mind. And the right man or woman for the job should get the job regardless. And there's no doubt that they don't fit this club or whatever. But as time goes on and more and more people, the one, one good thing about the Internet is at the whole world's right there at your fingertips. If you'll listen, you know, and, yeah. and I think so many people have, and that's, what's so crazy is the, the, the outrage and the ruckus and, you know, everybody t- wanting to go in and turn over tables and shit. You're getting, you're getting help. You have opportunities to get help. There's, I mean, there's tr- trillions of tax dollars that have gone into helping, but some people just don't give a damn. I don't care what color you are. You just, you know, like I'm a, I want to do the least amount of shit I can do to get through life. Okay. Now that's a, that's a good point. And, and look at the, look at the service industry right now where restaurants and, and service based uh, businesses can't find anybody to work because the government is giving them just enough money added on to their benefits 
social benefits that they they, they decide they don't they want, they don't want to go back to work. So here's that, that's another problem. So not only are there fanatics on both ends of the spectrum, there are also people that are that have no ambition to do one damn thing in life other than just survive. And these people also have a shit ton of time to sit home and tell everybody else how they should feel about what they're doing with their life. Yeah, how they're the victim. How right, exactly. Or or just to to latch on to an issue and choke it to death. Right? And and that that is another problem because if you look at the people that 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 protest and 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 you and then you listen then they get interviewed. It's not people with bachelor's degrees. It's not people that you know that that have got, you know that seem like they have been they have created a job or made something or have you know have gotten probably where they want to in life. You don't find those people at these things. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it just either that's because the people that are interviewing them don't want you to see the smarter people, or it just so happens that just just not that kind of person goes to these types of things. I, I, you know, I think I think people do protest that, that you know the the ones that go down during the day and and listen to the speeches and want to and want to educate themselves. I think those people exist. For I sure. think after nine o'clock, and 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 you're now you're in the tear gas uh, bomb throwing mode. I think you you have really found a part of the uh, of of society that is causing some serious problems and nobody knows how to deal with them. Just like Portland, Oregon, and, and just like Detroit, and just like Minnesota, where now the, the 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 citizens are standing up and the government is standing up now that it's okay to do so and saying, "You're not going to do this again." You know, you are not going to come in and take this city over again. You're not going to, you know, people go to Portland right now and they're just disgusted by what what was allowed to what was allowed to take place, and and the, and these these mayors and these governors are not letting this happen now. So whether it's because of Biden and and, and whatever the case is. It's shit, and and what we're what these what had hap, what what's happened is we found out we don't know how to deal with these people. If 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 Antifa type people sprung up in every major city in this country, we'd have a problem. Well, I'm sure that's the ultimate plan. Maybe so, but we would have a problem because we didn't we these autonomous zones. We just let them do whatever they want because people are so scared to send in the military or have the police go in and shoot a bunch of people. You don't know what to do, so the best thing that the, the best thing to do is let them ruin everything. Yeah, it makes. I mean, it just it makes, it makes no, no sense. sense. Yeah, no. It, yeah, I'm with you. It's like it, the thing is, you know, as we've already mentioned, there's no doubt. I'm sure there's police officers, just like there's teachers. There's every occupation. There's people that I'm sure are racist. On on all sides. I mean, every color is has racist for for other cultures. You know. But it's, I mean, I don't even know where to begin or end because I've been to it's, I've been, yeah, I've been to Minneapolis. I've been to Minneapolis many times. Been to Portland. They're both awesome cities, and I've had a blast. And to see that it, it does it blows your mind yep. because there has to be a majority of the people there being like this. I mean, that's why they're all leaving. You why know? do you think I Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California? But I mean, you know, exactly. when when, when two thirds of their state. Is trying to find a way out of that place, you know, and mo- and moving to other the te- Texas and Florida and 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 in Ohio and Tennessee is a big one too. You know, these Republican states. We should probably go list. I'm getting ready to be on. <laughs> I I don't even want to hear anything this guy has to say. <laughs> and listen, just so just so I, well, Richard, Richard said, I- Ilian Omar was the other one, 
and and that's the main one. Oh yeah, yeah. She's and and, and Cherie Law. That's Cherie Law. You, you, you know who's on the line. Right? I know who's on the line. <laughs> Bowler. I think is it. It's starting to sound like you. A, what are you doing? You taking a bath? What are you doing? I, I, it sounds like a ta- uh, naked gun when he's got the microphone <laughs> on him in the bathroom. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to take care of my sponsors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you give a guy one radio. Uh, God, if we could just get that thing installed, we'd be good to go. You know did, you, did it get delivered? You find, did you find he got it? everything. He got the whole okay, delivery, good. yeah. He gave, he's going to be racing yeah. with... Sony and Hertz Audison equipment right in it, right in the old car. I'm gonna bring yeah, Gary, I'm gonna bring Jared Dandy out to see one of the races sometimes. Sometime. Well, here's what I think, uh, dude. I may be dragging the car back east at some point here. Uh, I just need to start selling some jobs, but uh, a few things <laughs> need to need to happen before that happens. But I'm uh, I'm probably gonna be making a pass through Nashville here at some point. Well, but, I want to uh, see I want to see that thing go. Put all your stickers on. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> what are you calling for? What are we What have we route up? Well, I don't know. You know, I just, uh, I was, you know, Andy and I were texting back and forth, and I was just trying to, you know, you were getting a little heated there. I was just trying to calm you down a little bit for a minute. <laughs> Get him an ice pack. Yeah. That's pretty well, much I mean, it. it's a little. Giving you a call to say hi. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm just, I, it, is, it is shitty. I'm, I'm, every day you're trying to look at anything, it's just the same shit. Climate change, racism, and, and immigration. It's, it's. This same shit since 1969 that they've been talking about. I, I remember, I'll never forget going to the Smithsonian, watching in the in the Kennedy section of whatever building that's in, and you're watching the Kennedy first Kennedy-Nixon debate, and what are the issues they're talking about? Education, children, immigration, health care, and, uh, and guns. And you're just like, yeah, we, 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 it's the... You you guys watch what happens here, and then we're going to do all this other stuff. Here's the five main issues that we have found people just gravitate to. They get pissed off about. They will go. They'll go tooth and nail. And you, we're going to keep talking about and talking about. But why we pa- think of all the laws, everything that the United States government's done in the last eighty years. Think about all the things that have happened that you didn't know about, that you haven't, that you never read about, that you don't know, and that have been passed. And, and and it affects you every day. Stuff that we don't ever talk about that never happens in the debate. How worthless were the debates this round? You didn't learn anything. You know, it was just well, it was just And here's the biggest thing, man. Honestly, Chris, so you guys not living in a in a border state and and since I have really for the last what almost twenty years now, um, it's bad out here, man. I'm friends with a lot of border patrol agents and the stuff that they're walking up on and seeing, I mean, literally, you know, they'll, they'll come up on like 15 dead people in, in the middle of the desert in the heat. And so many people are trying to get in here and now the border is way more open than what it was before. So, you know, just more people coming in, more people freaking dying. And it's, it's, it's literally crazy. Why why do you say, why do you say it's more open? Why, Why do you say it's more open? Well, they quit every so let me back it up a little bit. A really good friend of mine um, that I race with owns a concrete uh, pumping company, and they were down here building the the border wall. And they knew as soon as Biden got elected that they were done. And, you know, his name's Chad. And he's like, Jim, he's like, I knew it was coming. 
so we already started kind of packing everything up and getting ready to move out. So literally everything that was happening on the border with building the new wall got shut down immediately. And then you got Kamala Harris that won't even come down here and see what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So it's bad, dude. I'm telling you, it's bad. Are you in Texas or where are you at? Arizona. Arizona. No, yeah. I'm in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. My parents live in Texas and, uh, you know, my, my dad owns a roofing company and, and, uh, I will say, you know, he's, he's always said that he could hire just a lazy ass white crew. that takes three days. Get some of these guys come in, you know, that, I mean, he says he's checks are they're green cards sure. and stuff. Obviously he doesn't, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's like, uh, they're obviously, our, right. they're obviously, as we know, very, very, very hard workers out there that are thankful to, to come over here. But man, I mean, what we, Chris and I were talking about earlier is just letting everybody in. There's no, I mean, come on, let's be honest. There's no way in hell that everybody coming over here is has good intentions. I mean, that's just the law of averages and humanity. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. I mean, in the world, we, I'm sure there's tons of people here that have bad intentions. So it's like just letting everybody in. I mean, some people, you know, some people deserve to be here and some people deserve to be in jail no matter where you're from on this earth. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's gotten out of hand. And not only that, it, it, it I, don't, I don't even think. I, 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 like, there have been, Ileana Mar, for instance, or AOC, like you said before, I've seen them talk about stuff, you know, when, when Ileana Mar talked about the, the mutilation of women's private parts that, that, that they, they do in, in, in Africa, for instance. I mean, that, that is a very, there's a topic that she's very, uh, you know, formidable on because she understands it. She was raised up in it. Maybe it could have happened to her. I don't know. There are some things that, that these guys, uh, you know, they, this progressive attitude needs to happen with corporations being some of that, you know, the, the monopolies we've been dealing with monopolies with AT&T and, 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 and Microsoft and all these, that, that doesn't need to happen. And and government plays its, its role. What gets me is when you've got somebody like AOC sitting there, not, there's no education to that, right? There's no, exactly. th- this right. So for her to talk, like you were saying, I don't need you to talk at me. I need you to talk with me. Right. And, and, and let's have a conversation when you just spew our problem, our America's history is what caused this, the climate change. And it's causing a problem because South Asia and, and South America are now, uh, you know, causing an, a, a, a migration problem. And that's all you say. And you don't and you have there's no explanation of the, or wh- wh- why is this even a conversation? Why is this in your conversation? Something that's taken that, that uh, the last hundred years the United States has been doing. You're just going to throw it out there flippantly. Like, like people understand what, what you're saying. Yeah, well, you're going to throw it out there with a bunch of five-syllable words. No shit. Consecutively, so no one knows the hell you're talking about because you memorized a few words. That's the part that gets me. How, how she can sit in front of Mark Zuckerberg and rip him a new ass, like, like with some shit he needs to be checked on, and then turn around and this, then you do this. I mean, you know, it, it, my thing is, if you're going to talk to everybody like an idiot, then educate them like one. Right. If everybody's just an idiot and you're and you're going to put the camera to your face like like you're in. Right. Like what you are a United States Congress person. You know what I mean? Like this is just it's so it's so it's so absurd. You know that. How do you how are you how do you expect it to be taken seriously when you're actually talking about something that matters? Because she has. And you're right. I have seen her. Uh, you know, if you watch C-SPAN or if you watch some of these things where you watch some of these committee meetings, she's got some good points sometimes where you're like, I, I do want to know the answer to that, Zuckerberg or Google or whomever. I want to know the answer to that. And, and and 
and then turn around and do this, it's a really interesting ball game because young people with this squad, especially, they are gravitating towards people like AOC. I mean, there's no doubt about the fact that she is setting up and that and that and that you know that party, uh, the, the the that section of the party right now, the Democrat Party, has got a lot of young support behind it. And if and if and if they continue with this rhetoric without any education, that's going to be an interesting well, ball game fifty they're, years from now. They're breeding they're breeding that education, that lack of education, and that's that's the way they like it. Look at this. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to show you something. Andy and I were laughing at it before. This this is a professor talking to a freshman class person. Um, they were talking about he he was calling policemen heroes, okay, and not all of them, just that that overall the job itself, you're a hero. When you run into a building, just like the guy that got shot over here the other day, right behind the house over here, somebody called and said there was an active shooter. A policeman goes, knocks on the door of the person that called, that opens the door, and he gets shot right in the chest. Okay, when you talk, when they, when you call a, a fire, a, a fire person, a hero, or a doctor or a nurse, a hero, it's because they are willing to go instead of running from something, they go right up to it. Okay, that's a hero. So you may not like what all cops have done, but most cops are good people that would actually go in and run towards a shooter while you're running the other way. That's a hero to me. I, I. I and, and make yeah, 70 I mean, grand, I'd say that's that's pretty heroic. Anyway, this is a professor at a college talking to a 19-year-old student. This and So the first part's over. I'm going to go to just this part. Uh, so what is your bottom line point? You're saying police officers should be revered, viewed as heroes? They've I, I think on TV shows with children? That's I think they are heroes in a sense because they come to your need and they come and help you and they have a problem just like every other business, but we should fix that. But I think business. they're they're heroes. Well, they're I think that's the problem. It's looking at it as a business because they're actually supposed to protect and serve the people. They do protect us. Who do we call when we're in trouble and someone has a knife or a gun? We I call wouldn't the call police. the police. Why wouldn't you call the police? I don't trust them. My life's in more danger. Who would you call? In their presence. Professor, who would you call? I wouldn't call anybody. Well, would you have if someone intruded your house off. with a gun? What would you would you have a gun on you or no. who would you call? It's my time to go. Did she say time to go? That's her time to go because she got smoked. Yeah, when it's she, something strange. I mean, so this but this is a professor at a college, and 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 not only that, this this isn't just at a college, grade schools. This this is I, I, we didn't even get into this, but the, the California Ethics Studies Advisor to teachers. This is how screwed up this is. And, and, and parents better understand this, that when, when, when these Zoom meetings are over and your kids go back to class, this is what teachers are, some teachers are doing. And not all teachers. And, and this is the thing. It's not all teachers. So I'm not going to say. Of course. Right? There's I'm not people say that want to go to work. Correct. That, 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 that be extra careful about parents seeing what materials are being used. Because now we are in their homes and these parents are now allowed to listen to what you have to say. They're talking about. This is, of course, in California, right? Where we're, we're already the, 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 there's been. <laughs> I mean, if you look up California educational system and you just looked up l- the last 24 months, it's unbelievable the amount of uh, amount of shit. Both sides are just you're just like I, I don't even know how anybody's learning anything. But but the big part about this is that you know we, we want to make kids understand that right now you are on uh, you're occupying unceded territory from uh, uh, the uh, an Indian nation that isn't really isn't even our 
the United States doesn't really shouldn't even be here. This is something they're teaching people. Uh, also, telling the teachers that they need to uh, talk about how colonialism is the part of the of white kids problem and that they need to be taught uh that they are all they are born with a certain amount of racism in them and they need to know how to how to address it see it and address it these are kids young kids 10 years old and then also to put on top of that to just to, you know it's one of those things where if you can't tell somebody you're doing it you probably shouldn't be doing it one of those things right that's this and 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 it's kind of like the ufos Nobody's going to do a, a thing to this guy. Nobody's going to say shit. It's going to continue to happen. Parents are going to just read it. Some are going to be pissed off. Some are going to try to yank their kids. But where do you take them? That's the other problem. It's like the whole adage of my house now is worth more than it's ever been. I could sell it. Then where am I going to go? You know, if you pull your kid out of this 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 school, you got, you got to move to go to another one, or you got to edu- you got to pay somebody to come to your house and educate them, or you got to do it yourself. And parents, that's that's the way that, that we all do in life when we have to decide how much we're going to take from somebody. You know, and is it worth it? Is it really worth it to change my life and my kids' life? You know what I mean? But man, it it, it is worth it. I mean, because because I, I I understand that because if we were you know like we were talking about earlier, who knows what we've been fed? That's that's not true or is true. You know, of course, we grew up thinking what we taught in history was gospel, but I mean, who knows? So this, you know, that's the thing. You say our ideals, well, instantly it's, you know, you're racist. But you got to instill what good, hopefully good beliefs in, a, you know, in your kids and try to make them a good person and educate them with to have an open mind and let them come to their own conclusion. You don't just have to try to brainwash them either, but just educate them on being open-minded and, and learning and like, like we all try to do these days because – Back in you know a small hometown, that's all you had is your teachers and and your parents, and now everybody else is exposed to everything, and kids can really, instead of being brainwashed on the left, or you know, or the or right, or alt right, yeah, or whatever, it's it's, it, it's teach, teaching them to think think for themselves, and and that's it's sad we're getting back to you know you hear these about segregated graduations and that that rock that rock uh what was it a rock climbing class they weren't going to let any white kids into because they're white. That's exactly what got us to here in the first place. So it's like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, said that about, you know, obviously judging him on his character and, and everything that's inside. And that he said that he'd be just as offended if he were to see in the future colored, you know, coloreds only, you know, is what was, was his, was his quote, um, the, the water fountains and all that. So it's like, it's like equality is equality, but it's not trying to lean something into another direction or once again, it's an inequality. So to me, it's just like, I'm open-minded. I have anybody's back that wants equality, but just trying to, well, you're, you, you know what I mean, Jim? Jared, you're exactly right, man. You, you literally, what we've lost in this country is like a, a handshake means something. Damn right, and man. you're just going to go do something for a guy and then you're going to get paid for it. Or, you know, just saying I got your back and like all that's gone away. I mean, literally, I mean, everything now, it's like you guys were talking earlier about the social media thing. People get behind social media and act like they're what they are and bullying and everything else. It's like, dude, come to my house and talk to me. 
about this and we'll work it out or we won't and we won't be friends anymore that's and, that's and, the bottom and, line and and, I mean, and, that, and the thing about it is that's what you have to that's that's the weighing in life that you have to do when you open your mouth and try to talk to somebody about anything i've lost friends before and and and, and the sad part about it is you get so emotional over things that you only know uh, uh, it's it's like the iceberg picture that you know the the huge part of the iceberg is you don't see it and 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 the the knowledge that people have about any issue is is the top part of the iceberg and I'll tell you, the, the, the unfortunate part of it is if you spend your life trying to learn about something, you have to spend your whole life learning about that subject, which means you probably are not as well-versed in other things. Nobody wants to be that guy. There are a few people like the Jordan Petersons of the world or whatever that were scientists or certain folks that just, they, they do one thing and they do it well and they're the greatest at their craft, but you wouldn't want to talk to those people at a party. The rest of us have a little bit of knowledge on a bunch of things and we'll, and, and and some of us will get into a conversation at a party and just go to town like we are experts in a field. I know. Right? And and, and that's the shit that's got to stop. <laughs> and, and and I've done it. Everybody does it. And especially when there's drinks involved. But, but the thing about it is I, I had, I've had to a couple of times wake up the next morning, you get on Google and you're like, oh my God, I didn't have a f-ing clue what I was talking about, you know? <laughs> and and I had to apologize, and 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 you know it's not like the necessarily the person was spewing out facts and it was changing your life, but what I was saying was wrong, and you that's got to come out. I mean, at some point in time, people just need to. I, I tell you, everybody should start a podcast because if you want to keep if you want to learn how to keep your mouth shut talking about stuff, do something like this, because you will find people right now will correct you immediately. Yeah, well, yeah there's no there's no doubt, and also we're. You know, speaking off the cuff, so you're not obviously going to, if you had time to, let's say you couldn't even have access to the internet, you had time to articulate it, that'd be one thing. But we're just we're just visiting, so of course sure. everything you say isn't going to be, you know, 100% spot on of what you're, we're, we're saying, we're referencing stuff, but that's where shit gets started. Oh my, yeah. But Jim, I was going to ask you, what part of Arizona are you in? Um, so I'm out in Gold Canyon. Um I don't know if you know where that is. I always ask, what's your closest airport? (laughs) What's your closest airport? Are you Phoenix? Where's your closest airport like you'd fly out? Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix. Like, literally, I'm I'm 25 minutes from Phoenix Airport from Scott Harbor. Man, I remember one day I was, you know, have these layovers at the airport, as we all do, and I just always look at the weather app and just try to look at, like, the either the coldest or the hottest cities in the country. I, I was sitting there one day, and I'm, I said, oh, I bet Phoenix has got to be the hottest, that or Vegas or somewhere, obviously somewhere out there. And I went to, to Phoenix, and no shit, it was 111 every day oh for seven God. days was the yeah. four. I was like, how something the same? That's like a sauna, too. But it's, you know, it, you know everyone says, well, it's that dry heat. But what's what's crazy is that it, it you know, at, like, you know, you go to Orlando or Houston, it could be 90, and you're dying in an oven. You go out to Arizona. I'm Obviously, it's hot as shit, but we were in a, I was in Kuwait on a USO tour. And it was over 120. And I was like, what the hell? And, oh my God. And, and went out. And it really, it just felt the same as just a 103 yeah. or something. Just once it's hot as shit, it's hot. But at Humidity least was, is what makes it, it work, yeah, right? Yeah, it was that dry oh, yeah. heat. And yeah. I was like, hell, I grew up in the dry heat. Yeah, but, I could do dry heat. But I love Arizona, man. That's an, that's another. We were talking about West Virginia, Jim. We were talking about West Virginia earlier where, of course, Chris <laughs> is from and just how it's, how it's an anomaly. But, you know, obviously Arizona, you get anywhere that there's, you know, you just don't know what, which way sometimes things are going to go. But. But, you know, without talking politics, you go somewhere like I love Arizona and everybody there, is, you know, not obviously not everybody. I've met everybody, but 
the people I've been around are just so much fun and they're just good people and uh, welcome you like family. And, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, Jim, no, everybody, it's, everybody it's except spot, for you, man. Jim. I moved out here in 04, and Weaver and I obviously met back east. I was, I'm was i from Maryland originally, oh, nice. but uh, obviously spent a lot of time in West Virginia, too, with, with Weaver. That's how we met, and we played together. I played base for him for a long time, but uh, then he got Andy. And, Catcher you know, or pitcher? Uh, then I, was, uh, <laughs> 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 I don't even Dude, think that applies. But, uh, Does that even apply? Play base for him? Oh, I thought you said baseball. No. <laughs> no. I was like, no, he played base for me. And you were like, oh, catching man. or pitching? I'm well, like, well, damn, that went, that went south quick. Same question applies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, uh, As a base player, he's been playing with game, Chris for 10 years. We figure out how to get me on, on, like a, on like a good feed instead of just a phone call. But uh, Now, I'm bringing, but we're going yeah, to no, get Sony. Sony's going to bring Jared out there to your area. I'm working on that right now. He didn't know it yet. Maybe that'd be a good time yeah. to visit a little bit. Oh, yeah. no, yeah. We're going to get Erlacher out there. It's going to be fun. You to stay anytime you want, man. No, no you messed no. up. You I'm messed up. Yeah. Yeah, don't you... invite us. We'll show up. <laughs> All right. So, listen, before you get before we, before we we get off here, because I know we're coming around, we're going to do our first around the horn, around the horn. This is one question that I looked up today. I want to know how every, what everybody's answer is. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, all right, Jim. You could be on, in on this too. Uh, I'll start with you though, Jared. If someone gave you an envelope right. with your death date inside, would you open it? Hell, no, 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 no. No, I don't. I, man, that sucks. I, I don't like that question. <laughs> I, I do not like that. question. It's an awful you, question, but you it's know, a, I would say no. But you know, you get drunk as hell and peak. You be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. screw it. Because then you think about it, if, if that was your for sure death date, imagine the shit you could get into until then. You could do all kinds of shit, but I can't die. Right, but the other part of this that isn't on here is that if you if you navigate away from that, that you could die tomorrow, right? Because you'd, that'd have to but, be a part of the then, equation. But then you'd also think, could I navigate away from it and stay home all day for the rest of my life and not, you know, there was this... Uh, and live longer. Dude, so, so our human genome is made up, you know, I mean, uh, the amount of characters is crazy. And what what they've started to realize is like each part of our genome has a character that could possibly reflect in an, its anomalous self. Like, because what they do is they compare like the best they can to like a perfect genome. And then inside of it, if they see any inconsistencies, they can say, they can say well, everybody that has the same in- inconsistency may have Alzheimer's. Yeah. So eventually people are going to say, all right, your kid is born and most likely going to die of heart disease. But also that could be a carrier. I mean, I'm not saying of heart disease, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. So you could spend your whole life in terror of five or six things or whatever that, how many, how many things they decide. That happens. And then, and then all of a sudden you get hit by a car. You know, it's like. (laughs) Well, no, Andy, is it that we had a, we have some friends in Missouri, uh, in, 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 uh, uh, Missouri who, who, Got all you know. Women can get tested for the breast cancer, uh, right? Right, dis- exactly. right. And so they, their mom, their mother had breast cancer. They all got tested for the gene. They had it, so they just went ahead and, and cut their both their breasts off and did yeah. the whole thing now instead of act. Yeah, yeah, the mastectomy. I mean that that to me and the CRISPR thing. CRISPR, yeah, is a prime example. CRISPR is crazy. Yeah, well, explain. Give just a little bit, uh, just a little bit. So, well, so, just basically that they they're able to kind of just like you were saying, uh, kind of map out the patterns in the genome and understand and they can understand that they can they can actually put in other like um i guess it's aminos something like that i'm not really that up on it but mm-hmm. they're able to change basically and be able to see at an early age to say like hey 
this child, which they can already do, but this child's going to be susceptible to this. This child's going to be susceptible to this. And then they can also kind of alter that DNA. Alter it. They're able to alternate, alter it to where basically... That part's not in there. It's not in there, yeah. and we're, we're, we have more healthy human beings. But then that kind of comes into play with the, the morality in it as well. Because it's like, okay. Because it's all a gamble. Just because you have that thing in your DNA doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have Alzheimer's. Well, it's just a chance. Wait, what, if, what if you found the one that made a girl feel like she was a boy and a boy felt like he was a girl? Uh, right. Do you change that? No. Is that up to the parents? I don't, I don't think you do. I mean, if, if that was ability right now, it, it, what kind of shit would that storm would that start if you could find actually the same that the same gene was in each of these individuals, and that you could change that gene? And would the parent is it is the parent allowed to do? Oh my right. god! I, well, I mean, then, it's, then it comes down to if you can change this for this baby, why do you change it for all of them? Oh and my god! So then, at what point do you? Because it's the same thing. It's, it's going to get there. I mean, not absolutely, that, absolutely. That, but it's the yin and the yang. But I, man. But I agree. I mean, good and the bad. I feel like you know, if there were something that was going to be a, a like a catastrophic disease, or you know, make a make a kid's life a lot tougher, especially when you were gone to not be able to to take care of them. I would do it, but to alter, just to alter their path. I mean, I, well, they're talking about even know. all the way down to like, if you want a blue haired blonde child, or yeah. if you want, uh, I you think know. they should do that with our, you know, significant others. They should be able to <laughs> like, remember, remember weird science. That movie? Oh my God. Do I remember so, yeah. so I, that, that question he asked though, the around the horn thing. Yeah. Go ahead for it. What would you do? Well, think, well, for, for me, for me, yes. I would want to know because I kind of like to, I like structure. I kind of thrive on structure. So someone gave you an envelope, had your death date on it. You would open it. Yes. And I then, would. okay. And you what saw if it was like tonight. Yeah. What if it was like, like a week? Well, I mean, what, what are we doing? We jump it out of a plane. Well, then, then I know I've got 12 hours to go f- do, do whatever I got to do. Yeah. You know? I, I just mean, hope, I hope it's long enough for me to get to Amsterdam and back. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what about you? Would you open the envelope? I would absolutely open it, and I'm going to revert back to a quote from one of my racing buddies. And uh, whatever the date was, um, I'm going to say I'm going to hold the throttle until I see Jesus. <laughs> I like that. So there's like a weird like paradox that. with that, though, right? Because it's like, because couldn't you change that with your own free will? Wouldn't would would the prediction already know? Like, say you wanted to, like, okay, I'm going to die in two weeks. Then you off yourself right there. Boom, you kill yourself. Wouldn't the prediction already no, know? No, 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 no. Well, Wouldn't the prediction already know that you were going to? No, no, I'm not even talking to you, Jim. <laughs> no, well, Chris said that they said in the thing that it could be altered by your own decisions. No, 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 I, no, I no, no, no. The question did not say that. I'm saying that you'd have to put that oh, in there. Oh, that yeah, would have to be I a said, caveat. I just said, hell yeah, I'll just go on a rampage and start kicking shit over. Woo! So, no. does it, so is it, is it going <laughs> to play time. on your own free will, or is it going to, I mean? Well, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to, like for me, would I open it? I, I would, I would not open it. Because I already have a lack of caring for shit in general. And you already said a few times ago when I was on here that you don't want to come back. Yeah, I mean, this whole idea that you come back without really knowing, you know, that we I think we talked, I don't know if you were here when we talked about kids up to a certain age were yeah. able to talk. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah I mean, that, that shit's insane, right? So to me, it's like if I can't come back and w- with at least some of the knowledge I had, you know, it's like if I didn't, if I knew now what I knew then, I would but be I a better. But I think you do. Every time you take a breath, for instance, like we're all musicians. Every breath you take, you're evolving. So think about if you go to Mexico, if you're from Mexico, you can drink the water. We go down there, we can't. 
how is that possible? It's like a kid just born to be able to handle it. It's, it, it you're, every breath you take, you're, you're evolving. So if we, if I said, hey, learn this song tonight, and you're kind of like, I kind of got it. You know how you wake up tomorrow and you can play that shit? Yeah. That, yep. it, it, people could blame it on, well, that's just me- the way the mind works. Well, that's what's all, I mean, that's what's feeding every, you know, cut yourself. That's what's healing. You, th- you know, your, your brain is sending all these signals to everything. So you're evolving at all times. So, you know, how many musicians do you know? Some, you know, like Andy comes from a musical family. Yes. He had access to, you know, like his father, you know, or, you know, that, that musical side right off the bat, but there's also these people that are just, you, you, you're just born with it. And you dra- I just feel like you drag stuff on from, the, you know, different life. Like there's these kids that are like four years old that can, you know, play piano, like the best in the yeah, world. Yeah. No, just I agree. weird shit. Like, so, I mean, obviously none of us know, but to me, I just see it so many times over. I just had, if it wasn't for mirrors, I would have the perfect life. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if it wasn't for a mirror, I, I would. Know. I'm Brad Pitt in my Around mind. You know. Me. But point being is, I, I, I've little had such a good Schaefer, life. It's like I've had such a good life. It's yeah. hard to. I don't. You know, I've had a great life. I mean, I, you know, I've been very fortunate to make it to this age. I'm just like I don't want to come back and, you know, kill it at 15 and some mango or worse yet, you get some some thing that puts you in a wheelchair. For, ugh. But what happens if that's just uh, I know it's gives, your path, you, get, I gives you another point? No, you're right on the system to get to whatever you're. Oh, going this to. is so depressing. Okay, can we tell some jokes? Yeah, go for it. You got any jokes? My jokes. I, the only joke I want to tell is too long, and I, I'm I'm afraid that nobody will laugh at the end of it. You're just afraid you're going to screw. You it have up. that laugh machine over there. We can guarantee you a crowd. No, he didn't bring it. I did bring it. I did. Uh, that aux cable hey, didn't hey, work. Hey, the hey, aux cable's not hey, right. So so instead of telling me that. His inconsistency with the laugh fact, with the laugh track, is what's going to probably kill us here. We're getting canceled. I guess Andy, Jim, and I will just have to laugh our asses off. Do you have a joke? <laughs> Man, you know, all my jokes don't get told before midnight. Oh, I got you. All right, go for it. Let's see. Uh, all right, two two flies, two flies land on a on a turd, and one one fly lifts his leg up and cuts a fart. The other one looks at him and says, hey, man, I'm trying to eat over here. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear the, 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 you want to hear what is supposed to be the funniest joke ever? Yeah. Two guys walk into the woods, hunters, and, uh, and it's, it, it uh, they walk in the woods, it's kind of raining a little bit and, uh, lightning starts to happen uh, or whatever. And, 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 and the, the guy in the front gets hit by lightning and he's on the ground, he's on the ground. And so his buddy calls nine one one and and says, Hey, uh, my friend, I, I think just got hit with lightning. Um, uh, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I can tell you where, where I'm at or whatever. What, what do I need to do? And the, and the operator said, sir, calm down. The first thing you got to do is make sure, make sure he's dead. <laughs> and so you just hear the phone rustling and then you kind of, a couple seconds later you hear, <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. All right. That's a good one. Guy walks into a library, goes to the library and says, Ma'am, I'm looking for books on suicide. She says, Why? Uh, you're not going to bring it back. <laughs> Damn, that's deep. Dark. So, uh, so this woman gets on, on a bus with her baby and, uh, she puts the money in the little container thing and the bus driver looks at her and then looks at the baby and looks at her and says, that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen in my entire life. And she's just taken aback. She came and came and talk. I mean, it's just, it's like, can't believe that somebody just said this to her walks all the way 
to the back and sits down and just is just this look of disbelief on her face. And one of the riders noticed the look on her face and, and said, man, what's, what's wrong? And she said, you're not going to believe this, but I mean, the bus driver just said something that was so appalling. I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I can't even, I don't even know what to say. It, it was, I, I've never, nobody's ever said anything that mean to me in my whole life. And the man said, that's, that's awful. He's a public, he's a public servant. I mean, you, you need to go up and say something to him here. Let me hold your monkey. <laughs> no the baby just looked like a, a, a no no not everything is racist okay all right little, little girl walks out of the out i should the, say caveman let me hold you caveman this little girl walks out of the bathroom she goes into the kitchen mom's baking a cake she says mommy can i lick the bowl she says, no, flush it like everyone else. Uh, <laughs> that's gross. That's hey, stupid. I, yeah, I mean, was the mom I, making a, a cake in the bathroom? Were you reading my diary again? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to tell, can I tell one more? All right, go All for right, it. one more. This These one's are, a little more racy. These are it's awful. not terrible, though. All right, so I was, uh, my buddy, he uh, he sent me an inf- invitation to go to a, it was a premature ejaculators uh, meeting, kind of like an AA thing. Yeah. I wasn't too sure on the uh, on the dress code, so I just came with my pants. Once again, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> I bet Jim's got a good joke. No, let's not go there. <laughs> Jim's probably eighteen Man, Miller Lights deep. Thinking, but I, I don't know if there are any that I can actually. Uh, put yeah, out there. I'm, with yeah. I'm with you, Jim. I, yeah, I'm just not good at remembering jokes because I always. I know. Yeah, I like come, I like come with my own material just on the you know, and then I don't really remember. It always you, takes you do a say joke. some funny shit at shows though. It always takes a joke for me to remember a joke. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying, I'm what, what, what what is what's the what's the one about the 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 dog that uh, goes in with these let's see goes in with these owner and and uh, the the bartender's like no you can't you can't uh, have a dog in here sir and and the guy's like no this this is my buddy he can he can he can whatever you want him to do he can do it he can do it uh, and and so the bartender's like I don't I don't I don't I don't think that sits well no anything ask him anything he'll do whatever and t- tell the dog to go down to the 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 newsstand and, and I want a USA today. And so the bartender gives him a dollar and, and the dog walks out. And then about uh, 30 minutes later, they're just kind of looking at each other. Like, where's that dog? You know? And, and the bartender's like, I don't think he's coming back. And he's like, I know you, I gotta go look for him. So he goes and goes towards a newsstand and nothing comes back. And on his way back, he sees these bushes rustling. It was like kind of just shifting around. And he looks inside the bushes, and it's his dog getting it on with a, a chihuahua, and and he and he and he goes, Russ, Russ, what are you doing? The dog's name Russ. What what are you doing? And and Russ turns around, and looks at him. The the owner says, What you never did anything like this before? And Russ looks up at him and says, I never had a dollar before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! Do you know? I know I've asked you this before, but I can't remember what you said. Do you remember Dustin? Oh, I remember Ashley. You didn't know if you remember. Dustin Evans? Yeah. Yeah. So Dustin, he's from South Dakota. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. But his, his, uh, he, he had this rodeo dog. And, you know, like trained, you know, you see these animals. They're going to do all kinds of stuff. His name is Chico. And this dog, I swear to God, to this day, I've never seen a dog this smart. It was, uh, it was half Australian Shepherd and half Blue Heeler. And this thing was brilliant. And he he's like, hey, let's go home and you know check out my dog. I was like, damn, I, we're at the bar. I don't want to go do you know, see a dog. He's like, trust me, it'd be worth it. So we we go to his house and 
he's like, he'll sneeze, you know, and the dog will come get his, you know, Kleenex, and he'll have an empty beer can and say, throw this away, Chico, and he'll he'll walk around until he finds something that he thinks is a trash can. I'm just crazy. He'll, he'll you know, throw his ball. It's all about his ball. So he'll throw his ball. So, all right, Chico, before you go, I, this time I want you to bring it back and put it in my boot and then kick the boot up, and he'll swap out the call say this time i want you to you know put it in the boot before you and this dog is crazy so we're at a bar one night and uh this guy was talking about his dog and and he said he goes man i bet you 500 bucks that your dog can't order a order a beer and he sit there and taught this dog to order a beer he for, he taught him in, in increments so he got him to get on the bar stool and then he had a he had a five and he put it under chico's paw and just kept sliding it up and showing him and chico got it down he said Order me a beer, Chico. Damn dog jumps up on the bar stool no and slide, puts his paw on the five dollar bill and slides. It. <laughs> it was, it was, and then, and then, of course, he ate rat poison and died. Huh. So the dog's smart enough to order a beer, uh, but not to, not to not eat rat hey, poison. Have we all not buried our head in some rat poison? <laughs> you don't know when you're, you don't know when you're yeah, getting into some poison. We broke up after six months. You know what I'm saying, Jim? You don't know when you're getting into some poison. <laughs> I mean, you're in a bar. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, the the cleanest. Well, Chris, you had that one joke. You the uh, <laughs> oh, no. terrible Ricky. Do you remember that one? What is it? Where they sent him out hunting? Didn't it, the terrible Ricky and they sent him out hunting? Don't you remember that? I think you told me that joke. Do you remember it? Terrible Ricky. Sorta. Terrible. Not bad Ricky. Yeah. Terrible. So, <laughs> it was like uh, oh, a Jesus. kid that. Uh, they're like, oh, you need to take these dogs out and go hunting. And, you know, because he was being a pain in the ass at the house, whatever. And so the kid goes out and freaking with, with like three dogs and, you know, comes back. And the guy's like, well, did you have a good time? He's like, no, I had a great time. You know, we, we were hunting. He's like, uh, you got any more dogs? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not me. That's an awful joke. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. I got the, the my favorite one is about the guy that it's it's such a long it's so freaking funny. I don't know if it's it's such a it's too long though. I'm not gonna do it. I'll I'll tell these guys off the air. But uh, the, I'm trying to think of the the, the uh, um, Reader's Digest had the funniest Reader's Digest joke, and it you know and it's clean, it's perfect, right? It was so funny, and it was so funny that I I can't remember it. I wish I even even mentioned it. Honestly, I just wish I'd let it go. But I, I felt like if I talked about it, maybe it would come to me. I can't remember. The, people don't even know what Reader's Digest is anymore. It was, it was a, yeah, you guys kind of put me on the spot with a joke. I usually have some pretty good jokes. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah, man, my jokes are the cleanest one I got is, uh, uh, Chris, can I make you the butt of the joke? Absolutely. I know you the I best. Bet that's, that's, I'm used to it. So we'll just say, Jim, myself, and you were walking down the road, and we came up upon this uh little uh brothel and uh it it just said uh whatever good deal <laughs> i don't know not exactly what the, <laughs> not sure what the door said but it just said you know good deal come this way so uh i go in there i'll say i'll go first boy so i, I came out and they're like how was it how was it and i said man it was amazing this girl put a scoop of ice cream on my pee pee and licked it off so then Jim was like, dude, I'm going in. <laughs> so Jim comes out, you know, a few hours later. No. <laughs> comes out, is like, we're like, how was it? How was it, Jim? He's like, man, that was amazing. She put two scoops on my PP and, and licked it off. Chris is like, that's it. That's it. I'm going in. 
So Chris comes out the next day. No kidding. Chris comes out a little bit later and I'm like, Chris, how was it? How was it? And he said, Man, you would never believe this. That girl put three scoops of ice cream in my pee pee and well, it looks so good. Hell, I licked it off myself. <laughs> That's not a butt of a joke. I'd love to be able to lick ice cream off my pee pee. I don't think said. it would hold three scoops. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, what's sad? Well, it was like skinny. a joke yeah, I heard as a child. That's like, the only jokes I remember is stuff I heard when I was like eight. Oh, dude. I mean, I could, I could recite to you verbatum uh, the, when I was 10 years old, the Eddie Murphy roll. I mean, oh, I, my I, God. Was, oh, my God. <laughs> Those, man, Eddie Murphy's stand up oh. is so damn funny. And you He's couldn't, you couldn't say Pry that shit. Now you couldn't say it if you wanted to. You couldn't say any of it. Yeah, those, he he's, he's come out. This is this this is how sad it is. He's come out against it. Like he's come out and said he wished he wouldn't have wrote some of that stuff. And it was so freaking funny. I mean, I wish I wasn't a legend. That's no shit, right? I mean, two two CD. I I, th- I think uh, I think oh shit. I'm trying to make this joke clean. It's almost funnier to try to make them clean. Yeah. Well, I had to use PP. What do you say, PP? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this guy, this business guy, goes to this this. Uh, brothel uh he's in this uh, let's just say new orleans he goes to this brothel and he walks in and he says uh i, I only got five bucks i, I I'll, whatever i can get and she said well uh okay go all the way up upstairs all the way to the left all the way down to the end of the hall and that last door on the right so he goes and he and he goes in and he opens up the door and uh and there's nothing in the room except a, a penguin standing on the nightstand. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, and figures it out, makes it happen. About 45 minutes later, he comes down the stairs, leaves. A week later, uh, he's back in the same city, and he, he goes into the same brothel and says, you know what, I got 20 bucks this time, uh, whatever I can get. <clears throat> and she said, no. All right, I'll tell you what. All the way up the stairs, take a left, all the way down to the end, second door to the right. So he, he does that. He walks in, and there's these about 20 chairs and a handful of guys just spread out in the room, and there's this big red velvet curtain on the wall. And uh, he sits down, and about three minutes later, the velvet curtain opens up, and there's just this guy with his pants around his ankles and, and, uh, and a ram. And and he's like, what the? And he looks over at one of the dudes and he said, what the hell is this? And he goes, this is nothing. You should have been here last week when this guy was getting on with a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. That's awesome. It's a lot better if you use the cuss joke. words. I love brothel jokes. <laughs> All right. I, I think we're done for the night. Big, I think Big Mo, he's a trucker. And, uh, <laughs> Big Mo. I got one. Big Mo's a trucker, one. and he he pulls it. He he gets into a. Big Mo pull, pulls into this into this brothel. He goes in there. He's he's got twenty bucks. He says, "Yeah, my name's Big Mo, and I'm here to get screwed." He says, "All right, then go up the stairs and go go to the door on the right. Knock on the door. They'll take care of you." He goes there and knocks on the door. Somebody behind there says, "Who is it?" I said, "Man, this is Big Mo. I'm here to get screwed." He says, "All right, we'll slide your money underneath the dough." He slides it under the door. He stands there for a minute. Nothing happening. Knocks on the door again. He's who is it? Man, it's Big Mo. I'm here to get screwed. The dude said, what, again? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Sometimes you just don't know where things are going. All Jim, right. Jim said he had a joke. Last one. Yeah. Last one, Jim. Go. 
I got I got one, and this is a good one that you guys are gonna laugh. Uh, so a young boy is walking by an old man's house, and he walks down the first day, and he's got some chicken wire. And the old man says, "Where are you going with that chicken wire?" He says, "Oh, I'm going chicken hunt." Said, "Okay, uh, you don't know what the hell you're doing." So he comes back, and he's got two chickens. Uh, next day, he walks down the road, and he's got duct tape. And the old man says, "Oh, boy, you don't know what you're doing." And he comes back with two ducks. Uh, next day, he walks down the road, and he's carrying pussy willows. And the old man says, well, let me grab my hat. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did tell you that one. I told you that one. Did you guys enjoy that one? Uh, man, I, that, that's a classic. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> I did, too. But that's a good one. That's a good one. Remind my that's, old man, only, that's all I got, fellas. That's all I got. Ah, well, hey, thanks, Jim. I'll, I'll call, show tonight, I'll call you later. Yeah, thank you. See you, Jim. Nice talking to you, brother. Yeah, all right, man. Talk See to you guys you. soon. Great talking to you guys. See you, man. Have a good night. I tell you, you remember you Super, Super Super Dave Osborne? Yeah. God. Super Dave. He was on. He was on. Uh, he was on Jay Leno, and he was, you know, every time he was on the Tonight Show or whatever, he would tell a joke. And I'll just end with this one because this was pretty good too. Talking about two farmers, and one of the farmers had ducks. That would that would fly over to the other neighbor's pond and and cause havoc or whatever, and that neighbor would come over and say, "If you don't get your ducks out of my pond, I'm going to shoot one of them, or I'm going to shoot as many as I possibly can." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever. They're ducks. You got a pond." So a couple of days goes by, and you just hear this big shotgun blast, and the guy with the ducks looks over, and sure enough, his neighbor shot a duck, and uh, he runs over to the neighbor and says hey i mean it's bad enough you shot the duck but that's my duck i'll take it no 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 i told you if any of these ducks come in my pond anymore i was going to shoot them it's my duck <clears throat> no it's my ducks they're i bought them on my property that's my duck give it to me shot it whatever the guy with the duck said okay i'll tell you what i'll make you a deal we're going to do a game where we both back up 10 paces run and kick each other in the nuts one at a time. And whoever doesn't buckle to their knees and hit the ground gets to keep the duck. I'll go first. Guy thought about it and said, oh, fine. So he, the guy puts the duck down. He backs up 10 paces. I mean, run as hard as he can. And he just kicks that guy right in the nuts. I mean, his knees buckled, but he didn't go to the ground. So he's waiting. He's just trying to get his breath back, and the guy's just standing there. And uh, he finally kind of stands up straight, and he he's like, "All right, my turn." And the guy says, "You know what? Just just keep the duck." <laughs> All right, uh, Jared. Unless you've got another joke, we we got to go. I'll tell you some after this. Okay, I love you. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show again. Well, thanks for having me, brother. Um, we'd like to say thanks to Verdoliac Law Firm, Aurora Nutriscience, uh, who else? Uh, Sony uh, Mobile, uh, Hertz Audison. Guidance Whiskey, uh, Titan Motoring, uh, our sponsors. I wasn't able to play the, the commercials tonight as much as I would have liked, but whatever, that works. Um, make sure you listen next week. We're going to have the Nashville uh, owner of the Nashville Fencing Society is going to be on. Uh, fencing is a, a neater subject than you think, and this guy's really cool. Cool dude. I got to take you. You ever tried it? No. Would you like to? Uh, no. You probably couldn't even fit in the white costume. <laughs> I probably couldn't, but I'd like to do some Viking training. I've thrown some axes at some bars. The, the fencing kind of is as close as I can. I tell you, here's the thing about fencing. 
it's so freaking tiring. It's unbelievably tiring. I did not realize. I tried it because the standard, you know, they 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 were doing it on Monday nights at the standard where you could come and actually fence people, and he would. I, I, it was it, what an what a exercise. What's it feel like when those skinny ass swords hit you? Uh, nothing. What, what's interesting is the technology behind the sword, uh, because they you know they light up so that you know, you know that you got they, served. You got served. That's right. You got, <laughs> hey, girl, you got served. You know, it's amazing what you can do though when you put alcohol in 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 in, in, in the situation. Dude, I'll tell you something. Next time you're making love with your lady, yeah, and she blows your mind, in your last gasp, say, "You sank my battleship." <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Andy, uh, thanks for producing the show. Jared Neiman, appreciate you. Uh, we'll see you next time, uh, next week. How about is validity? The rest of the story. It seemed clear from the moment William Fenton entered McClyman's High School that he was to be known and judged from then on as Charlie's kid brother. Charlie didn't even attend McClyman's. Charlie went to another more prestigious high school. But Charlie, two years older than Bill, was such a fine athlete, such an outstanding basketball player, that his reputation echoed throughout the school system and reverberated uncomfortably in young Bill's ears. So kid brother Bill, who was inclined otherwise from the very beginning, was forced into becoming involved in high school sports. First football, I want to be a defensive end, he told Coach Mangini. The coach said okay, lined Bill up in his scrimmage, ran 10 plays in a row right past him. All right thought Bill maybe he could be a cheerleader for the team, so he tried out for the cheerleading squad. Failed at that. That left Bill with one humiliating alternative. If he were ever to be a member of the McClyman's High football team, he would become the team mascot, and he did. But as life at McClyman's dragged on, those who thought of Bill mainly as Charlie's kid brother continued to taunt him. Charlie had been such a great basketball player. Why didn't Bill try out for McClyman's varsity basketball team? So he did. Rejected. Rejected, and worse still, just after the announcement was made, as the dejected football team mascot was leaving the gym, varsity coach Fitzpatrick exclaimed to his basketball squad, quote, why is it that if there are two brothers in school, we always get the bum? Bill's homeroom teacher. Listen to this now. Bill's homeroom teacher back in junior high had always been understanding and supportive. The man's name was George Powells, P-O-W-L-E-S. And when Mr. Powells was transferred to McClyman's High, he became the junior varsity basketball coach. He knew what Bill was going through, the comparison crisis with his brother. So he pleaded with the teenager to try out for the JVs, and Bill reluctantly did try out. There were only 15 places, 15 uniforms on the team. Bill was not selected among those 15. He was just not good enough. But Mr. Powells, for some reason, took him on anyway and had him share that 15th uniform with a boy named Roland Campbell. And today Bill realizes that because this one man, George Powells, had faith in him, at least refused to give up on him, an otherwise inevitable detour into self-deprecation and delinquency was avoided. Bill was terrible on the basketball court for a while, but he got better. He got a lot better. So
So now when you review the life and accomplishments of an Oakland, California teenager who served as mascot for his high school football team, a young man who went on to help the Boston Celtics win 11 NBA titles, you will remember what lay in between. A sympathetic high school coach and a team uniform that had to be shared by a player who missed the cut, Charlie's kid brother, William Fenton Russell. The great Bill Russell? The great Bill Russell. And now you know the rest.